Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, to the final episode of Dead and Lovely from the year 2021. Oh my God, we've reached the end. Here we are, standing on the precipice of a bold new year of 20 and 22, where everything is going to be different and changed, right? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're with the hostess and Moses, your good buddy, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. And we're here today to be talking about a Constantine from, was it 2009, right? Uh, 2005. 2005, a Constantine, it's going to be called, a Constantine. And if you want to get right onto the movie review portion, you can uh, skip all this uh, chin wagon we're going to do here and catching up and wrapping up our year by going to the timestamp that's in the podcast description. It's right there. You can use it. But you're going to miss some interesting stuff because I tell you what, this has the potential to be a very strange episode of our show. I have just crossed the 24-hour threshold of my uh, COVID booster shot that I got yesterday. Yeah. I am feeling fucking weird. I'm not even going to say bad. I know that this is one of those just things weird. that like a lot of, yeah, just weird. Like I know a lot of people are like nervous about it and they're like freaking out. It's like, oh, is it going to make me feel bad or whatever? Um, it seems like pretty much everybody that I know, their booster reaction has been pretty consistent with their second dose reaction. I've heard the same. That was true with you, right? Yep. You had the same reaction. And both kind of put you on your ass for a little while, right? Basically, yeah, just shivering and sleeping like 14 hours. Word, man. Yeah, I uh, I could use a nap, I think. I feel like a little bit tired. My uh, second dose of the Pfizer vaccine just kind of made me feel like a little hungover more than anything. Like, I just mm-hmm. kind of had that like rundown, yeah. headachey kind of feeling. But dude, like, we got it yesterday at 2 p.m. And I woke up today. I slept way the hell in. And I woke up today and I was just like, did I wake up and take like an Aleve cold and sinus during the middle of the night? Because I feel like I do when I take that pill, which is to say kind of high. So uh, a mild high. A mild high. Yeah, I've gone from having like mild hangover symptoms with the the second dose to mild high symptoms with this booster. Like my mouth is kind of dry, even though I've been like pound in water like a motherfucker. My skin just kind of feels tingly. Like it doesn't hurt. It just feels like tingly. Again, kind of like a body high. Uh it's strange. I'm not even going to say that I feel bad, but I'll keep you posted as the show goes along. Maybe you'll hear some teeth chattering or something like that. But I do not wish that on anyone. It's not fun, even though it's way better than COVID. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, whatever the outcome is, it's definitely a lot better than, than getting the shit. I know at least probably a dozen to 20 people that, you know, within the week of Christmas, we're recording this right after Christmas, uh, got fucking COVID or Omicron, just just fucking covered up, man. It's bad. So it's definitely, you know, better than that, right? Yeah, definitely. Like, get you that booster. Get you that booster. Even if your second shot was a little shitty, just, it's worth it. Just plan for it. Yeah, it's better than having the effects of full-blown COVID. So, yep. yeah, might as well, right? 100%. Plus, they, they gave me the booster and the NOS kicked in, dude. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, dude. I'm running, like, super <laughs> serious fast right now. For sure. You're going to get a call pretty soon from Vin Diesel, I bet. Oh, yeah. Talking yeah. about family. Come join the family. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, though, man. The sensation of feeling strange is nothing new to me, uh, considering the, the week that I have had there leading up to Christmas and beyond Christmas and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, like, last week we recorded our Return of the King, like, mega episode on a Tuesday, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. It was a busy day. <laughs> it was a big old day for sure. Yeah. And then on a Wednesday, which is to say uh, Festivus, because it was Christmas Eve Eve, uh, woke up. We had ourselves a big old breakfast with some um, some bacon, and there was a little bit of holiday nice eggnog in there. Nice crispy bacon. It seemed like everything was just coming up roses there. We had a bunch of errands to run and stuff. And, uh, man, around... 6.30 that night, I started getting myself a good old case of food poisoning. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think as a result from, I'm thinking probably the eggnog more than anything, because it's the There's only things a... that Kate and I both shared. Okay. And Kate also got it? Not really. She got like a minor upset stomach, yeah. like barely, which for her is like the fucking horizon isn't level anymore. Kate has like... <laughs> Guts of iron. I'm pretty sure she could like go to India and just like drink the river water and not feel any effects. Oh, no. it's a. I For don't real. recommend that, but that's do not pretty fucking badass. But um, she seriously like never has stomach trouble ever. So yeah. she got like a little bit of an upset stomach, and I got fucking Toyota Thon 24 hour <laughs> everything must go sale. Holy shit, dude! I I have not thrown up that much in the past decade combined. I'm but dead you serious. love puking. As you know, it is my favorite part of being a human being, and I don't have a borderline phobia attached no, to it, so it was it just fun. It doesn't like cause irrational fear to think about doing it, right? No, yeah. uh-uh. No, not a big deal. I do it often. Um, no, I, throwing up is like my least favorite part of being a human. Yeah. Uh, I fucking hate it so much, and... It, it was so bad that, like, I think I pulled, like, some abdominal muscles. Like, the next day, oh, for several sucks. days after, like, anytime I laughed or something, it would fucking hurt. Uh, it was it was not lovely. And, again, that happened on, on Festivus and uh, kind of continued out through the next couple of days there. I didn't eat or drink anything for, like, 30 hours because it would just make me instantly start vomiting again. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. So, like, I, I felt well enough at Christmas Eve to go to uh, Kate's family's little shindig there. We were late as fuck. I didn't, like, eat anything, but, like, a, I think I had half of a baked potato. Just super, <laughs> oh, super, man. super plain. I know. There was, like, all this gorgeous, like, prime rib and all kinds oh, of good stuff over there. What a shame. And, uh, I know, dude. I didn't have a thing. I was like, I got to play it safe because I feel like kind of kind of shitty. At that point, it was just malnourishment more than anything. It was just, like... Yeah, I hadn't had food or water in a long time. So yeah, and you can't just toss food into you at that point because your body. I will, wouldn't risk it. Yeah, your body body doesn't know how to handle it. <laughs> no, so yeah. that did not get good to me, man. And it kind of sucks too because I got like, I got a ton of like awesome whiskey for Christmas. Remember last week I was talking about how much I would love yeah. to get a bunch of like booze and stuff at Christmas, and I did. I even got like some Weller antique Ooh. like 107 for my father-in-law and stuff Whoa. like that's some really good shit damn you can't get that shit i know no. and meanwhile it was just like and i'm staying sober <laughs> like, oh this is, the, this is the the first like sober christmas i've had in probably 20 years <laughs> <laughs> well that sucks but also uh you know at least you got a lot of whiskeys you can have now yeah, That's good. exactly, That's man. I'm definitely, I'm definitely on the mend. Like all of the uh, hardcore expelling was done in the pa- uh, in the first like 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, and uh, since then, yeah, I've just been kind of like on the mend, kind of like t- still taking it a little bit slow with my with my guts and all that. But oh man, dude, I do not recommend that experience. It definitely puts a, a damper on the holiday spirit for fucking sure. I imagine, dude. I can't. 
Ugh, I just can't imagine sitting around watching people eat just prime cuts of beef, having a whole lot of awesome whiskey sitting there, and your stomach being like, no, fuck you. This is not for you. <laughs> you can't. You can't today. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was definitely a little bit rough. I gotta I gotta definitely throw out the the golden award to Kate for dealing with me being so fucking puny because even like the night of Christmas Eve, we spent the night at Kate's parents' house because we were gonna be back there Christmas morning anyway. And uh, I basically didn't sleep worth a fucking shit. I I just could not get to sleep, and then the dogs started barking at shit all night and all that jazz. So like that Christmas morning, you know, we all wake up and stuff, and I'm like. I have to sleep or I might die. And she's like, oh. you do you, boo. So, oh, that's I, nice. Yeah, yeah. I went upstairs to, for a little bit of isolation and managed to catch a couple of winks to keep me alive through the Christmas day. So uh, shout out to Kate for uh, being patient with me in my, my time of dire need. It was not pretty. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I, uh, I'm i always uh, pretty pitiful when I get sick. I definitely become the... Uh, I, I can't do anything type. <laughs> like oh, I yeah. am not well, I'm not know. that person who's like I'm gonna do everything. I don't give a shit that I'm sick. Yeah. I I let's just be real, lay in dude. Bed. This is just man stuff. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. It's when, so true. We're weak. When dudes get sick, it's just over. Like we it can't is. do anything. We the just world's can't. ending. Oh, yeah. Oh, put me <laughs> in my grave. Come in and let me say my goodbyes. <laughs> the vibrato is infesting me already. I feel the it's icy hand of cold, the reaper. You ass. <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah, I'm definitely pathetic whenever I get sick me too. Me too. So, yeah, it sucks. Uh, did you have a more holly jolly Christmas than that, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, I didn't really do anything except watch Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, and drink, and that, that was it. And it was fun. That sounds pretty dope. Yeah, yeah. On uh, on Christmas Eve, we did the Friday night screaming chat, and boy, that went perfectly without a hitch. No awesome. way, my power went out at nine oh five, right when I had asked everybody if they were ready to get the movie going, and Not then a stayed off that. for an hour. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, luckily, uh, the real Christmas miracle is the screaming chat uh, group. They they hung out, they stuck around, and then when my power came back on, we watched Gremlins. So oh, that there was you awesome. Go. Dude, I wonder what made your fucking power go out, man. Do you think there was a like a an amateur Santa being stuck in a chimney somewhere? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I imagine losing? Phoebe Kate's dad died and they had to turn oh, the power God. off for some reason. <laughs> I didn't get to watch Gremlins this year. That's one of the Christmas regulars I didn't get around to. I missed that. I missed Rare Exports, Bad Santa, just a couple of my regulars. Yeah, I, I didn't watch uh, Bad Santa or Rare Exports either. I I I did get a lot in though, so here here's the list I remember because I was just playing them all day and doing other stuff. But I paid attention to these. Home Alone. How is old Home Alone treating you these days? Uh, dude, I wish we could do another episode on it. I I'm, I saw so much stuff. No shit to talk about. <laughs> just so much. I still love really? it. I still love it. There's just so much stuff. Like particularly. Um, regarding the fact that there's just this kid walking around this community, obviously alone. Yeah. And literally everyone just goes, not my fucking problem. <laughs> it's a rich neighborhood. They're just like, I don't give a shit. I, just, yeah. I don't care. I guess um, the McAllisters are just doing something new. I don't really give a shit. Fuck them. Who cares? 
Uh, anyway, I yeah, so Home Alone, I there's there's a lot there to be talked about. But uh, I watched the OG Black Christmas, nineteen okay. seventy four. Oh, That's so good, dude. That's a great it's movie. It's amazing. It's still one of the best uh, slashers ever made, and one of the best horror movies ever made. I think. I mean, plus it, you got a homegirl wearing that Diamond Dallas Page sweater in there. You pointed out. To me. Yes. <laughs> DDP fan. <laughs> Olivia Hussey, go, if you've never noticed it, check out the sweater she's wearing at one point that just has two hands that are basically doing the DDP diamond. Yeah, it, what is it, with that? I don't know. <laughs> but what is the explanation for why that sweater existed all the way back then? Like, why should that be a thing? I guess, you know, maybe she came from the future. Ooh, I like this. That was it. Like, she was like, oh, no, guys, you're going to trust me. In the late 90s, Diamond Dallas Page is going to be fucking rad. <laughs> and then he's going to get into yoga. Yeah. And then in 2019, there's going to be a shittier version of this movie. So watch out for that. Oh, yeah. So I watched that, too. Um, Ugh, have why, you seen the dude? 2006 Black Christmas? That one, I don't think I saw. You I should can't check remember. it out. So the 2019 one was the one that was like super, super, super like... Um, I mean, it, it, not that it's a bad thing. The movie thing, is was, tweets. The movie is woke yeah. tweets. That's what it, it yeah, is. Yeah, woke, woke is what I was going for. Right yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Like, not that that's a bad thing, but it was so ham-fisted. It was fucking no, it, terrible. It's not It's not a bad thing at all to be woke. It's a It's a good thing. It, it's a bad thing to use woke language um, with no point. With no fucking point, yeah. Absolutely zero point. And in fact, uh, pretty much the entire story goes against any concept of wokeness like mm. it, it really just establishes the idea that uh the ultimate revenge against sexual assault is embarrassing someone in public <laughs> moral of the story getting them canceled you see Ooh, yeah right yeah Ugh. Mm -hmm. so is the other anyway. one like the mid-2000s one is it any better yes it's better um it, it, if the mid-2000s Black Christmas had been titled something else, I think it is a Christmas horror movie we would look back to more often. Oh, okay. Nice. It, it's because it try it, it, it used the title of one of the best slashers of all time and then really doesn't live up to mm. to that. It's more of a it's more silly, honestly. It's more wacky. Okay. Um and it definitely has like a way different spin, which to me is just like, well, don't call it Black Christmas because you're yeah. just setting yourself up for failure. But yeah, it's uh, your own movie at that point. Just own it. Yeah, just own it. Yeah, just call it something else and it, people probably would like it more. But yeah, 2019, that is not the case. Mm -mm. I it's in I'm I guarantee in a decade people will look back at 2019 and be like, it's indecipherable. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. What does any of this stuff sense. mean? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I watched 8-Bit Christmas. I saw that popping up on the streaming services, but didn't watch it or learn anything about it. What the fuck is that? Uh, it's a Netflix movie. It's, um, have you seen, uh, have you seen Home Alone? Yeah. Have you seen A Christmas Story? Yes. Okay. Uh, imagine if, uh, somebody set that in the 80s, but their only concept of the 80s was what their older brother told them about the 80s. So it's all radical and gnarly. Um, no, it's more like all the houses are from 2020. And <laughs> they don't look 
very much like it's the 80s at all. Uh, but they talk about 80s stuff. What? <laughs> it's for kids, man. It's not for adults. Because any adult would sit here and go, this is a Christmas story, but bad. Oh, uh, that sounds terrible. Watch Christmas Story for the first time in forever the other day, too. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Actually, Still I liked great. it like more than I remembered, honestly. Yeah, it's it's amazing. The more like the more I age and get more experience, the more when I watch it, I'm like, oh, I, I, that feeling of nostalgia is great, and that's oh, what yeah. I was hoping for with Eight Bit Christmas because the the premise of Eight Bit Christmas is the kid wants a Nintendo, and okay. I've been there. The problem is, like, listen, if you're trying to if you're trying to trade in '80s nostalgia. The people you're trading with were alive then. Yeah. So if you tell me in the city of Chicago, in a rich suburb, there's the Home Alone bit, uh, a city, the city of Chicago in a rich suburb that only one kid in the neighborhood has a Nintendo, and mm. then you tell me the power glove's out, meaning it's 1989, this is bullshit. Uh, come on. Yeah. Like, not even close. The NES came out in 85. Every kid had one by 86 or 87. Yeah, yeah. Even us, and we were fucking poor. Exactly. So, this the entire premise just doesn't work. It's just like, yeah. no. That, that, no. That, like, if you tell me everybody in the neighborhood except this kid has a Nintendo, I, yes, okay. That I would believe, yeah. That I believe. And that better set up already. And then just don't mention the power glove also at all. Like I get what you're going for, but you're setting you're you're setting yourself too late in the timeline of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Right. So you're saying it's kind of like the opposite of what the first season of Stranger Things did so well, where it's like exactly. yeah, it's 80s, everything is brown paneling. That's what exactly. It like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It really is like they just went to somebody's home in 2020 and put an 80s TV in it. That sounds like shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Hard pass. Uh, but they did, and I did love this, they did fit in the obscure reference to the Billy Ripken baseball card where he was holding a bat one of his teammates gave him where they wrote fuckface on the bottom of it. <laughs> and it got released as a baseball card. In real life, nobody caught it along the way. What? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. That's I mean, Fuck that's it. like a cool little bit of 80s, like, uh, weird, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Trivia. Yeah, but, yeah, deep dive, deep cut trivia. Yeah, but like, uh, uh it, yeah, it just didn't work for me. The kids are good. Like, all the actors are good. I, I think they're doing a good job. They just didn't have a ton to work. Also, you got uh, June Diane Rayfield and, uh, fuck, I can't remember the name of the dad but they do great mm. everybody okay. in it is doing good and i guarantee like if you watched it with kids they'd probably have a good time with it but as an adult from that era it's like ah you're losing me <laughs> you're it's losing not made me. for salty old fucks like us is what you're exactly saying. and that's fine whatever um i was there five thousand <laughs> years ago exactly <laughs> the power glove was not yet released I mean, they did a good job of showing how the Power Glove fucking sucked. I mean, that was a fun joke, but... Yeah. Anyway. Dude, I don't know about you. I'm still heavily in Lord of the Rings mode. Like, my brain is still in fucking Rivendell. Like, I'm still just there. Wow. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I can't get out of it. I don't want to. I was thinking the other night, like, man, I probably could watch them again. Fuck yeah. Dude, <laughs> like, as I probably soon as could I'm done, just toss them back on. I always just want to restart them. Like, as soon as, like, I'm done with Return of the King, I always want to go back and be like, it was so simple when it started with Gandalf's fucking fireworks and shit. Like, yeah. I always just want to go straight back and just loop them again. Yeah, it's so great. Um, also, we watched Ernest Saves Christmas on Ice Cream Sunday. Awesome. Which, John um, Cena Saves Christmas. Very good. Not as good as uh, I remembered. I'll be uh, real with you. Like I skipped it this year as well because yeah. I think I think we watched it maybe last year, and that was yeah. my reaction where I was like, you know what? This is just not as good as I remember. Yeah. It's nowhere near like Scared Stupid. Like, yeah, Scared exactly. Stupid is like you have to watch that every Halloween or yeah. else you have to pay a fine. Exactly. Uh, uh, Ernest Saves Camp, I haven't seen in a while, but I remember I just loving that one. Like, But yeah, Ernest Saves Christmas, I loved as a kid, and now watching it, it's like, eh. Man. Yeah. It's not really just as good mad. to me. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Jim Varney's still funny, and, you yeah, know, whatever. Uh, also, watched a movie called Silent Night. But I'm not talk- Deadly Night. Yeah. I'm hmm. going to talk about it a little right now. And we're going to talk about it a little bit here coming up in the Preview Palace. Oh, okay. Because it right. came out this a year. It's, um, boy, I don't want to say too much about it. Because, and I don't, I recommend going in completely blind. Don't watch like a preview or anything. Because I didn't know what it was mm-hmm. going in. I just knew it was a family getting together around Christmas. Boy. Um, it is, the tone of it is hard to describe. It is both, uh, both the, uh, dry British wit, some, some silly stuff happens. Also some, uh, terrible drama and some horror elements. It sounds like an A24 Christmas movie. Yeah, kinda, but... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. That that's okay. a pretty great description. Here huh, That's in a it. niche genre. It is. I. You're not gonna walk away from it feeling great. But <laughs> not gonna put also, you in the spirit. Also, you're not gonna feel horrendous. Like you're not gonna feel terrible. It's just like it's kind of like a, huh? At the end, <laughs> like weird. It'll okay. leave you thinking. I don't want to say too much except that. There's something going on similar to uh, a pandemic. Okay. Basically. Um, so it, it, it's very timely and definitely worth a watch. Is it horror? Um, I mean, in some sense, it's horror. Okay. I'm intrigued now, sense. man. I'm interested. Yeah. I think I really recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. And like the, you know, the funny bits were good. The, the dramatic bits are good. The scary bits are good. It's it, it really nails what it's going for, and I can't compare it to much. Damn. Honestly. Okay, I'm fucking interested now. Check it out. Uh, I believe it's on AMC Plus right now, but it's also rentable other places. All right. Yeah, so that's worth checking out. And I also watched uh, all the Bob's Burgers Christmas specials, which was nice. a delight. Oh, dude, so good. We watched most of them. I think we got up to, we watched both uh, installments of The Bleakening, which I think that's like maybe <laughs> season seven or eight. Yeah. 
uh, which is so good. All the musical shit in there. Yeah. God damn, dude. I love it. Also, I found um, somebody on Spotify has uploaded all the like Bob's Burgers music. Really? Yeah. So you can go That's in there awesome. and like listen to all the tunes and stuff, including the absolute best Christmas song ever, sung by Mr. Fish Oder, The Spirits of Christmas. <laughs> oh, bourbon. Oh, bourbon. That's the best fucking Christmas song right there. Bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. So oh, good. Fuck. God, that show's so Bob's good. Burgers. It's so it good. Yeah. It's hard to believe how long it's been on, dude. Like, it's been like fucking, what, is it, are they on season 12 now? Yeah, season 12. Jesus. Like, I think mm-hmm. about, I think about like Friends, for example, where it's like Friends took up our entire like school age, you know, 10 seasons. It was like our entire teenage lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friends was on. Yeah. And then you think about Bob's Burgers and you're like, oh yeah, Bob's Burgers have been on longer than that. Yeah, and yeah. I was a full-grown adult when that started, so we're old. <laughs> it's true, we are. Yep, got a bad old case of them old. God damn, I didn't get to watch like the. Is there a newest Bob's Burgers Christmas on there? Is it good? Um, is there a newest one? Yes, there is, and yes, it is. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get around to that before the year is over. Although it is nearly fucking over. Are you doing anything for New Year's? Yes. Emily and I are uh, taking a little mini vacation. All right. Uh, there you talk go. Talk more about it, it uh, probably the second episode of January because we've already recorded the first episode of January. That's right. And it's a good yep. one, too. We're kicking off the year in a big old way with a, yeah. a grande episode with a special friend. So yeah. it is a good, one, man. I hope that we're not doing anything um, for New Year's. Like, typically, I end up having shows and stuff on New Year's Eve, and that's it's okay, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I don't like going out and partying on New Year's, so it's like at least right. I'm playing music somewhere. I don't have one this year, and frankly, I would much rather not be in a room with everybody that's been around everybody and their families and probably pass around <laughs> fucking Omicron like crazy, you know? So I'm not sad to not have a show, but I would love to just fucking stay home. Last year, dude, I swear, man, and I feel like a dick for saying it, last year's holidays were the fucking best. Like, we got snowed in for Christmas Eve. It was right. just us here at home making a prime rib. It was awesome. Little Zoom call family later on. That was great. New Year's, it was literally just us hanging out, sipping champagne as it turned midnight. It was awesome. All right. I'm I'm not mad if we end up doing that. I, again. Just stay I'm in. with you, man. I, I like, uh, I mean, uh, our mini vacation is, is not us going to a big party. <laughs> it's us just being away together. So, like, that, that to me is... Is the best. And I think yeah. probably, you know, I, I I think we probably have very good relationships with our wives where mm-hmm. we like being around them and like talking to them. And that's true. Yeah. A lot of people I know, but I know a lot of people that don't like each other. And I get why they want to go out to parties and talk to other people. <laughs> yeah, dude. I And couples like that, dude, I, I do not know how they made it through the fucking pandemic. I do no, not. I don't either. There were so many people. A that lot of I know. them didn't. Divorce happened a lot. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. But there were so yeah. many people I know where I was like, oh my god, those two are gonna be locked in a house together for like months. Yeah. Ugh. You know. Mm-hmm. Isn't I, it I'm, nice to be happy with who you're happy with? It's really great. It is really great. So it's a good thing. It's a good. I'm thing. excited for just hanging out. I would be too. I'll raise a cheers to that. I'm yeah. drinking myself a fucking. Lovely mixed fruit Pedialyte today. Ooh, <laughs> sounds delicious. Is it? Is it a good year? 
You know what? It's a fine, fine vintage, vintage from the old vineyards. <laughs> uh, it has a nice, slightly greasy feel across oh, the palate. Oh, that's what you want. Yeah, Full it's definitely dextrous. the taste of like regret. Like whenever you feel that greasy feel cross your palate, yeah, you know I done fucked up. I'm just yep. trying to stay as like super hydrated as I can. Like that's something that we did with our other vaccines. Is like yeah. as soon as you know. I woke up that day. Well, I didn't drink the night before, which the night before our booster, I had a skank banger show, but I just had, I had like one shot of whiskey that night and that's it. So yeah. it was also one of the most sober skank banger shows I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> so didn't really drink the night before. And then the day of the shot, just, you know, pound and water and coconut water and Pedialyte and stuff. So I'm continuing that through today as well. Hoping to stave off the effects. My shoulder hurts. I'll tell you, that's a side effect right there. Oh yeah. God damn, yeah. dude. It just, like, pisses me off to see people reporting a sore shoulder as a legit side effect. It's like, have yeah, you ever had a fucking shot A side shot effect before? of a shot, yeah. <laughs> I it's get like, that, gee, even with flu shots. That's, yeah. that's pretty normal. Take a needle and stick it into any fibrous muscle. Guess what? Mm. It's going to hurt the next day, you idiot. I mean, honestly, though, that's an indictment of our country. Most people can't get shots. Most of the That's time, because yeah, yeah, yeah. of our medical industry, so eh, again, that might be a surprise to some people. Yeah, I just don't think it. I think when we try to uh, boil the pandemic down to people not getting the shot, it's like, well, other countries have done just fine. Our country's not doing fine. Wonder what we did different. Like not telling people to stay home and not enforcing mask mandates and not paying yeah. people to stay home and not having universal health care. I mean, that might be a bit of a stretch, but I'm I'm willing to bet there's at least a few small <laughs> connections with why we're doing so fucking maybe, badly. With maybe this. some. I don't know. I'm gonna look into the data. I'm gonna look into. The, I'm gonna do my own research, Steve. Do your own research. Come back to us. Research. Let us know. Yeah, I will. I sure will. <laughs> well, Steve, this is indeed the end of the year, December 28th, as we record this, and I think that it just seems like a good old time to have ourselves a little wrap up. We were trying to think of some topics to do for Constantine for a preview palace, and I was thinking of a couple different ideas. You had a couple different ideas. I was mm-hmm. even thinking about like adjunct christianity movies and talk about right. stuff like stigmata and uh, oh, yeah. saved and stuff that'd be fun but devil's uh, advocate my wife uh, she had the oh yeah yeah she had the better idea of like hey dummy it's the end of the year year and wrap up year being wrap up and i'm here to say i'm the year in in a major way the year my is name over. is ben i'm here to tell Run. you i didn't see a lot of movies now i'm gonna smell you later that's my just nailed that yeah, Take dude. that, other white rappers. Yeah, we're fucking it, nailing. Eminem, come come at us, bro. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, rap at me. Uh, your mom's spaghetti. I don't know. Mach- Machine Gun Kelly. You don't even fucking rap anymore, and you are weed. Apparently, who knows? I know nothing of this Machine Gun Kelly. It just seems like everyone hates his guts, and I'm like, but how is he popular? I don't. I don't think everyone hates his guts. Uh, I think everyone's a little bit. Um, it, it's one of those things where it's like, why is Megan Fox dating him? She should be dating me. I think is the oh maybe that's the problem. Yeah, that's like yeah. the overall consensus. It seems like he he's got the same thing as Pete Davidson. They're both just skinny boys who look like they're a a, a week away from death, and for some reason, probably. 
probably has something to do with them being, I don't know, funny or something. Nah, Apparently personality be. matters. I don't know. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Steve, I say as we enter on in here into the Preview Palace. Welcome to the Preview Palace Year in Wrap-Up Edition. A flip, a flip, a flip, a flip, a hip-hop rap. <laughs> right? A flip, a flip, a flip, a flip, a hip-hop. Make a rap noise here. <laughs> and you go with the fat boys. Yeah, dude. If more like modern hip hop had <laughs> in it, I would be fucking listening. I would be listening. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know why. You should listen. It's better now. It's better you know than what? the fat boys. It's better. I think than I'm the just con- I'm convincing myself, dude. Be the change you want to see in the world. Make, Maybe 2022 yeah. is the year that I come out with my Finally. old school. Fat Boys style hip hop record with flippa yeah. flippa flippa <laughs> all over it. That's just so, me now. I feel like honestly, it's not a bad idea. If anybody out right? there is thinking like, what is going to be my in into hip hop? Like, it's not a bad idea. Get Mm-mm. get get yourself like a Bismarcky style uh, beatboxer, and yeah, fuck yeah. There's Have gotta be there's gotta be somebody out there doing something like that, right? My Fucking rap name get is on Killa it. B, by the way, just so you know. Killa B. Be on the B. lookout. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Steve, let's do ourselves a wrap up of some of the films that we seen this year and talk about some movies that we loved and movies that we hated, movies that we thought were okay. Yeah. Um, for, first things first here. I just want to go ahead and clear the air. There is a ton of fucking movies I did not see. No, I um, didn't see much, honestly, no. at all. Yeah, like I could probably count how many movies we saw in theaters on on one hand. Well, new movies anyway. Like we went uh, to Central Cinema and saw some old flicks and stuff a few times through the year. But for the most part, I think I probably saw m- maybe five movies in the theater this year. I saw one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Candyman. That was it. And honestly, if you're going to see one, that's, that's a good one, one to see. see. Yeah, it is. It is. But uh, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that more later here. But like I, I did not see I didn't see last night in Soho. I was really excited to see that and just never, never got to the theater to see it. I guess I'll right. watch it whenever it's on streaming. Yeah. But I heard that was really good. Yeah, no, that's um, that's my M.O. until we get rid of COVID. And I guess that could be the rest of my life. Uh, I'm not going to the theaters and I think people should stop. I, I'm not happy that, uh, Spider-Man is approaching a billion dollars. Fuck them. They could have made that money by releasing it at home too. I do wish that that was streaming at home. Yeah. Cause I've not gone and seen that one yet either. And, uh, thank God knock on fucking wood. As I say this, nobody spoiled it for me yet. Like I know, obviously there's a huge multiverse kind of thing going on. Duh. But, but yeah, I don't. We knew that. I don't know anything in. about. Yeah. yeah. So thankfully that one's not been spoiled yet, and I hope that it doesn't because I've not seen that yet, and I'm dying to. Yeah. I didn't really watch any of the Marvel movies. I didn't watch Black Widow. I didn't see Eternals. I didn't see Shang Chi. I've seen Black Widow and Shang Chi because they released Black Widow directly to Disney Plus, and they got my money. There you yeah, go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, they did it. They didn't with Shang Chi, so I waited until it came to streaming. Same thing's mm-hmm. gonna happen with the Eternals. Same thing's gonna happen with. Spider-Man, same thing's going to happen with Doctor Strange. They need to get on this. They need to understand the shit's not over just because you want it to be over. 
and you can still make your money without endangering anyone. Yeah, I know, man. It, it definitely does suck just to know that there are so many people out there that, you know, whether you're vaccinated or not, like, you can still get the shit. So if you don't want to put yourself in the risk of being exposed to it, you don't want to go to a theater. You want to stay home and watch something on a streaming. It sucks that all the people making that choice or the people who can't be vaccinated for legit medical reasons are just not getting to watch the new movies. Like, that's yeah. that's really unfair, you know? Well, and also, like, we shouldn't be gathering in groups not wearing masks. And uh, I no. know, like, <laughs> in, so- in some states, people are like, I don't see what you're talking about. When I go to the theater, everybody's wearing masks. Well, not here. No, and it's not the in wild fucking west. The here. majority of the states in the United States, so uh, it's just not happening. And kids below the age of five aren't vaccinated at all. Yeah, we're we're cursing five to newborns, perhaps to long COVID for the rest of their lives by just sure continuing this shit. Yeah, yeah. So I do wish all these would have been just straight to streaming. Uh, yep. The new Matrix is on streaming. I've not watched it yet, but I've heard a lot yeah. of bad stuff about it. I've heard it's not good. Mm, I think it might depend on the social circle you run in. I've I've heard a lot of people say it's it's uh, on the level with any other Matrix movie. Oh, well, dude, that's that's what I was gonna say about it too. Though is like people are like, oh my god, this Matrix sequel was so disappointing, and it's like, did you see Revolutions and Reloaded? Like we were disappointed with those too. What's yeah, I think. Well. There's definitely some some coding in a lot of the the new Matrix is bad no. because you know of the trans uh, woman who who directed it, even mm-hmm. though that same trans woman directed the other ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to check it out. I didn't see Ghostbusters either, which is a fucking travesty. I I was dying. I to really watch do want to see that again. <laughs> fucking release it. To streaming for fourteen ninety nine, and you get my money. Otherwise, you're not getting it. I know. I think I saw that it's going to be on HBO Max like early January. So soon enough, we'll actually be yeah. able to fucking watch it. Maybe we'll do an episode or a minisode or something on it too. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. It I seems mean, like everybody that I know that saw it fucking loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I've only heard great things about it. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Uh, I know uh, the Eternals is coming to streaming January seventh. So. All right. We'll finally get to see that. I'm excited I've heard universally that. it's probably the worst Marvel movie. I've heard a lot of people that just didn't fucking like it at all. Yeah, I, I have seen that, yeah. And I saw some uh, action shots from it that definitely looked like shit. Yeah. Which made me be like, wait, why? <laughs> why? I know, Why right? is this happening now? The only piece of Marvel media I consumed this year was Loki, which was fucking awesome. I yeah. love Loki so much. I thought it was badass, man. Yeah, I I saw Black Widow and Shang Chi. Um, I I think you know Black Widow. Black Widow wasn't uh, gigantic, and I think that's why some people were disappointed because it's you know it's a, a follow up to Avengers Endgame, and uh, it's much more of a like small espionage movie. I enjoyed that though. Uh, Shang Chi also enjoyed. Uh, really liked a lot of the stuff and visuals to that. Um, it wasn't. It didn't thrill me a ton because I just don't have that connection with Shang Chi as a character. But now I do. Now I now I like the character and want to know more about you know what's nice. going on with that. So I, I think um, I, I'm excited to see the Eternals, even though it's it's had bad reviews. Because I just I like that they're sort of committing to the new characters uh, this late in the game, like adding yeah, new totally. characters. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, not doing the fucking DC thing and being like, I guess people only want our 100-year-old properties to be popular, right? And the <laughs> thing is, like, I've said it a million times, if you know anything about DC, and we're talking about a DC character today, Constantine, a Constantine, depending on uh, if you are talking about the British version or the American version... Oh um, yeah, because this is the Amer this is the Americanized Constantine. But Constantine, like this, this is a, a not an obscure character, but not one of the more mainline characters. And this is fun; it's interesting. Like, yeah, you can you can make you could bring in like the Spectre or like uh, do a fucking uh, Miracle Man movie or Zatanna. Like, they could do any number of like awesome characters and do the thing marvel's doing where it's like oh you're building an actual universe rather than rehashing the same shit you've already showed us a million fucking time i know right i heard rumors of like a lobo movie for forever and i was like this could work this could be something kind of cool but i don't think anything's ever happened with it yeah i think anytime i've seen lobo represented in the cartoons it's like oh yeah this wouldn't work as a movie yeah, because <laughs> of the way he talks, he he talks yeah. weird, and it's annoying. Honestly, uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a tough sell, man. But yeah. we did see DC do something fucking right this year. I thought Suicide Squad was great. Oh fuck yes, Suicide Squad was great. I loved it. Thanks, James yeah. Gunn, for bringing one of my us favorites of the year. Just fun, just a fun movie. I know, and just unnecessarily brutal. Like just holy brutal fuck. As hell. Holy oh shit. my god. It's like gorier <laughs> than any Marvel movie by yes. far. That's so fun too. Like that's what DC needs to be. They're supposed to be the adults. Like they're they they did the more adult storylines and stuff, and Marvel was always more kid focused. Yeah, totally. Well, DC fucking do that. Give us the adult versions. Give us the fucking out there versions. And no, adult is not Zack Snyder's grim ass view of humanity. Like, oh my god, right? that's not adult. That's just fucking emo. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit, man. Yeah, there's a lot of great flicks I did not get to see this year, uh, but there were a handful that I seen that I really fucking enjoyed. Yeah. Me too. So why about, how about we start talking about some of our favorites of the year that we have selected, Steve? Okay. Um, I'm going to start. I don't I don't want to say my favorite just yet. And the award goes to... <laughs> well, I guess I guess my favorite of the year was Candyman. Yeah, dude. Um, I think it was for me too. Like yeah. when I was thinking back about the, you know, the admittedly limited number of horror movies, yeah. like new horror movies mm -hmm. that I saw this year... Uh, Candyman stood out head and shoulders above all of them. I think that that was a fucking awesome movie. It wasn't just like, oh, it's cool because it was a you know nostalgic property for me or whatever. It was like, no, they actually fucking nailed it. Yeah, yeah, I really really enjoyed that. Um, Plus, think... we have the great memory of it being at the you know at the the kind of yeah. tail end of our Den Lovely meetup. Yeah, that we that had was this so year, fun. It was, was a fucking great awesome. Time. It was so yeah. awesome. Yeah. I really enjoyed that, and we were just so fortunate to to have the theater all to ourselves, basically. So I know man. that was great. It was awesome. It was really, really great. So happy memories, but also just a fucking great movie. I think that's my Absolutely. favorite horror movie of the year. Yeah, yeah, probably so. Um, the Vigil, I would say, is up there for me. It came out uh, on festivals in night in twenty nineteen, but uh, finally hit distribution in the United States this year. 
and it was one recommended to to me by our pal Brandon Suttles. Oh and yeah, yeah. Just a great movie. Really That's enjoyed the one it. That was about like sitting Shiba or whatever, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. You it's, and a couple uh, other people told me about how much they loved that fucking movie. Yeah, it's really good. I I recommend it. Like it's, uh, you know, it's got a religious angle and it's really about like, you know, uh, guilt and uh, just feelings of inadequacy and stuff like that. There's a there's just a lot going on in there, and it's I think it's just a real solid, small scale, uh, horror movie. Which nice and a slow burn, which I always like. Uh, we saw Werewolves Within this year. Oh yeah, yeah. Saw that on That's my birthday. Actually, That's one of the few new movies that I did actually see in a mm-hmm. theater, and that was just a treat. That was just it's an fun. enjoyable, fun yeah. horror comedy. Uh, I like that one a lot. That was a fun flick. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, as I mentioned, Silent Night. Uh, it. I just saw it and only had a few days to to process it, but. But I would put it above any of the other horror movies uh, that I have on my list here that I've wow. seen this year. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. It's right up there with Candyman and the Vigil, like one of the best I've seen in a while. But again, to call it horror is a stretch, maybe. But I think it hmm. is. I think it is. But again, watch it. Determine for yourself. You can tell me on any of our social media if I'm wrong. <laughs> I, okay. I'm fine. Hey, you know, maybe you tell me that. Uh, the caramel with the uh, rosemary and sea salt isn't old people candy. That's and, right. The people have spoken. And then I counter to you, if you were five years old and you got that in your bag at Halloween, what would you call it? Fucking sick. No, you wouldn't. You'd be like, sure. Rosemary? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Rosemary's my teacher. I don't want teacher candy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple that are kind of a stretch to call them horror exactly, but yeah. I, I thought that they were incredibly suspenseful and fucking awesome. Um, I mentioned the beta test on the show a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I need to see that. I've heard good it, stuff. It's incredible, dude. It's yeah. definitely more of a, a thriller than like a horror movie. It's like a okay. psychological thriller kind of movie. I thought that it was fucking incredible, and I know that you're going to love it. Like, If okay. you come back and you watch that movie and you're like, yeah, I didn't really get it, I'd be very surprised. Okay. I think you really enjoy the movie a lot. <laughs> fucking right. awesome. Um, really early in the year, we watched The Little Things, which is that crime movie with like Denzel Washington and Rumi Malek and oh, okay. yeah, yeah. a couple other people in there. Man, it's dark and it's fucking cool. I really like that movie a lot. I All know right. a lot of people thought it was just like a really, you know, tiresome kind of slow burn of a movie. And it is very, you know, slow moving, but I don't know. I thought that it was really cool and grim and gritty and kind of uh, Cormac McCarthy-ish. Like okay. that kind of bleakness to it, you know? Yeah. I like that a lot, man. Yeah, I'm a big Cormac McCarthy fan, so that sounds up my alley. Yeah, for sure, man. But I think it goes without saying that the true best movie of the year is still Psycho Goreman. Yeah, if, if it counts as 2021, which I guess is when <laughs> it did hit distribution, kind did of. So I think I think that's when the DVD Blu-ray stuff came out and when it okay. hit Shudder. All right. But so it maybe. was available before then. Yeah. But I mean it's it's just gonna be the best movie of the year for at least the next decade, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, no, it's it like came out twenty twenty, right? Because we we yeah, talked to Martin did. early twenty twenty. We did. But it's still and the people, movie of the year for twenty twenty one. Apparently it's still the okay. 
I mean, name a better movie, you know? All right. No, you're right. Okay. So, yes. Psycho <laughs> Gorman beats every single movie on my list. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Non-horror, I, got- I think the best movie that I saw was uh, The Harder They Fall, which is that Netflix Western. Holy shit, dude. Oh, shit. Okay. Yes, it's yes, yes. It's so fucking good. It's I need so to see good. it. You've not watched yeah. it yet, have you? I haven't. No. Oh, dude. You're going to fucking love it. You're going to be like, I, I cannot yeah. believe this is a straight to Netflix movie. It's so unique and creative and gorgeous killer cast and just a fucking good western man it's it's awesome love it yeah i gotta get on that i gotta get on a lot of stuff i realized like when thinking through this that i haven't watched a lot of newer movies and most every one of them that i have watched was horror so i need to get on seeing a lot of these like like dune and and stuff that that came out this year like i still haven't watched dune yeah it was cool Yeah, Dune is probably like my favorite movie visually of the year. It's just visually fucking yeah. stunning. The story is like, I think, kind of bland, but god damn, is it ever something to look at. Gorgeous. Okay. Awesome. So, let's get to our middle-of-the-road movies. Okay. All right, maybe some things that deserve a mention but weren't necessarily like extravagant or anything, but memorable, maybe. Uh, and, and I'll be honest, it was hard for me to not say this is one of my favorite of the year but it's only because i still have conflicting opinions on it even though every time i watch it i'm like i fucking love this movie malignant we got to talk about malignant dude because i I swear man and, and go listen to our malignant episode if you've not yet we are both openly like no it's not really a good movie like it's it's a lot of things that are just kind of nitpicked and stolen from other flicks all rolled into one but just the fact that, like, maybe the biggest director in mainstream horror, James Wan, took a swing at making this ridiculous ass, semi giallo, semi 80s style basket case, fucking gritty, stupid movie, rubber suit monster movie. The fact that that guy took a swing and did it is just astounding, and I fucking love it. Now, you say we both agree that uh, it's a bunch of stolen stuff. We don't both agree on that. Okay, I think okay, it's homage. That's fair, that's fair. I don't think he stole anything. I think he's just paying homage. Okay. But, right, there's a fine line. Fine line. Um, I've rewatched it since we did the, hey. the episode and been like, I fucking love this movie. It's I, so ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. insane. It is yeah. insane. It, like, when... <laughs> God damn it. Whenever... <laughs> He throws that chair across the room with those backwards fucking arms. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> or that scene where you're, like he's like parkouring across all those like uh, fire yeah. escapes and shit. Oh, it's fucking rad, man. I mean, it's it's not a great movie, but like I get, like I'll say what I said in the episode. If it came out in 1985 and was originally in Italian, you would say it's a tit. Probably. Yeah. I, and I'll admit that. I'll totally, yeah. totally admit that, dude. I think that whether like you loved it or hated it, like Kate fucking hated the shit out of this movie. But right. I guarantee you this, like, however you feel about it, you won't be forgetting it anytime soon. You won't be like, Malignant, no. which one was that? What happened in that movie? Like No. There's it something to be said for that. Unforgettable. Exactly. Yeah. Especially in this like era it. of like really golden horror of like awesome, amazing horror movies. To make something like that that sticks with people is like, holy shit, how did you do I that? I know, yeah. Well, and also, too, where so many you know, of the best horror movies are the ones that are taking steps 
forward, like some of the A24 stuff and even the new Candyman that's really kind of putting a new spin on horror in the yeah. uh, social kind of commentary way. Right. Instead, this movie basically has no social commentary, and it's like, nope. let's just take a step back into when, <laughs> like, you could just have one-off, nonsensical, fucking weird movies that are horror, and that's all that you need. Let's just yep. take a step back. Yeah. And I appreciate that, honestly. Me too. Like, I don't know, man. Again, I don't love the movie, but I am not forgetting it anytime soon. No, no. Uh, and that, um, man, I mean, because I do enjoy that one. There's some here I'm going to name that I don't exactly enjoy, but I don't hate. Okay. And I would say Halloween Kills is that, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I will totally agree with that. I'll admit, like, that was probably my biggest disappointment of the year. Probably. Uh, because mm -hmm. I was so excited, man, because 2018 yeah. was so fucking good. This had me really hyped. And but, uh, Halloween Kills was just another dumb slasher. Again, kind of a step backwards, malignant style, into like, I don't know, just have a movie full of people getting murdered and making bad decisions. Whatever. I mean, there's a lot of commentary within there, but it's it's definitely not... I don't think it's as straightforward and easy to consume as Halloween 2018 was. Hmm. And that's that's one of my major problems with it, is I really I really think that the the structure of Halloween 2018 is, is kind of a, a really sort of perfect structure for a horror movie. Not to say it's yeah. like a perfect horror movie, but it, it kind of follows the structure for a horror movie perfectly. And then Halloween Kills is just like, nah, we'll do our own thing, which is... <laughs> interesting i mean it, yeah it's, it's a fitting, choice it's fitting in with uh, a lot of the movies on my list uh, that came out this year that kind of feel surreal as you're watching them because you're like is this it is this what it's gonna i mean malignant is is like that but yeah this is like like it's like this is what they're doing huh like while you're mm -hmm. watching it you're just like huh okay <laughs> so like a lady I, with an iron, huh? Yeah, huh. yeah. And, oh, now he is supernatural. Oh, okay. All okay, right. Okay, then. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the middle of the road. Like, I don't, I don't fucking hate it. It's not one of those that I'm like, yeah, I'm never watching that again. I got a no. couple of those on my list for some of my worst ones, but a little bit of a letdown for me. Yeah. Middle of the yeah. road. Yeah. Um, and then the there's Fear Street the, movies I'd put in That's what I was too. about to say. The Fear yeah. Street trilogy is, I had a good time with them. I probably won't rewatch them, but if they made another one, I'd watch it. Yeah, probably. I would yeah. too, honestly. Yeah, if they, if they came out with like another little Fear Street thing next Halloween, yeah, sure, I'd watch it and get in yep. the in the spooky season. I mean, I just appreciate that a big company like Netflix is putting money into original streaming horror. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate awesome. that, and I like that they got Lee Janiak of uh, Honeymoon. Like, uh, she's a good director, so. Uh, also, I, I imagine, you know, in, in a decade, meeting a 25-year-old and they say, yeah, the Fear Street movies were what got me into horror. And I'd I like, could totally see that. Fuck yeah, that's awesome. They're, yep. Like, they're, they were kind of aimed at teenagers. They kind of hit exactly the buttons I would want as a teenager, I feel like. A bunch of attractive people being teenager and doing teenagery stuff. Like getting real murdered and getting real murdered, yeah, mm -hmm. fun stuff. Yeah, it's a, like it's a gateway it. horror thing, so uh, I'll I'll appreciate it. Let's talk about Willie's Wonderland real quick. Have you seen it yet? 
I didn't see it, but I remember you saying it was just kind of, uh, and I saw a lot of other people that loved it. Yeah, that's why I want to talk about it. It's because, uh-uh, I don't. I don't love it. In fact, I think it's boring. And oh. really just, like, does not uh, meet the promise of the premise, which is Nick Cage showing up. Like, you expect it to get more insane than it yeah. really does. <laughs> but the the uh the costumes of like the what are they called animatronics? Uh-huh. The the costumes and makeup they did, awesome. That stuff's great. Okay. All right. Uh and I, and I get why some some people like it a lot. Like it really is a little different, but it's also I mean, it's real predictable and having Nick Cage just not talk is like, oh, Wow. So, like, why you were willing to have Nick Cage in your movie not say anything? Like, uh, what's the point? I, I yeah, get really. Nick Cage is your selling point, but if Nick Cage is your selling point, like, let him kinda, cage it up, man. Let him cage it up. I'm guaranteeing he was like, I don't really want to talk. <laughs> like, <laughs> he took the job and he just came on set one day and was like, I don't want to talk. And they were just like, oh, okay. Uh, fuck. Hmm. Um, you yeah, don't talk Yeah, the fact then. that he's using the word boring to describe it doesn't really give me a lot of faith. Like, that's kind of the biggest horror movie scene I guarantee you could a lot being boring. Yeah, I guarantee a lot of people disagree with me on that, though. So, you might you might love it. Who knows? Okay. But I, I just found it boring. Word. Yeah. Uh, another one on my list here that I know you haven't seen is Army of the Dead. Yeah, that's one that I I just I saw everybody reacting to and being like, "Yeah, this fucking sucks." And I was like, "I don't really think I want to put what it's like three hours or something of yeah, my time into it." Is. it. I was it's like, "It's like I'll pass. three hours, dude." I have seen it twice, and Ugh. it is fucking terrible. I hate it so horrendously. Stop letting Zack Snyder make big property movies. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just not worth it. But, yeah, I mean, he's going to keep making whatever he wants. I don't... I just don't think he's ever going to piss anyone in Hollywood off. <laughs> yeah. But it did Ugh. do a good job of, of proving that uh, Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead is not Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. It's James Gunn's Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there was any doubts at all whether everything good in that belonged to James Gunn, they are now clear as day. <laughs> yep. Um, and another big one here that I just didn't like, but I know a lot of people did, is Conjuring the Devil something, blah, blah. Yeah, Devil yada, Made Me Do It or something. Or whatever, yeah. Um, My give a fuck was non-existent. I didn't even yeah. think about watching it. I was like, I know I'm not going to care about yeah, this. Yeah, you, so you I, I didn't don't like The Conjuring at all. Uh, I, I think the first two are fine. I think they've got some really good visual stuff and some really good scares. But this one just has nothing for me. Like, literally right. nothing. I, I like... I hate how they try to redeem these con people in these movies, and the third one goes so far out of its fucking way oh, to make it, it seem like they were the best people in the world. And it's just like, no, <laughs> they fucking weren't. And the oh, movie's man. boring. Again, Ugh. boring. Yeah, I didn't see, uh, what's it? What, oh, God damn it! what's it called, Steve? The movie where everybody has to be quiet? <laughs> quiet Place 2? I didn't see quiet that place one either. Two. Yeah, I'm yeah. not going to see that, because I hated A Quiet Place. Yeah, same. 
Yeah. You know, so I don't imagine myself liking Quiet Place 2 any better. I heard the the intro is really sick, and then after that, it's just kind of what you're expecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also I haven't seen Don't Breathe 2, and I loved Don't Breathe, so I, remember I do saying need that, to see yeah. that. Okay. Um, old. Didn't see Old. Old, oh. I did not see either, man. That's one of those ones that, again, I heard pretty much universally everybody hated it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it... Um, I've I've heard a lot of bad reviews. I have I haven't seen it. I listened to the How Did This Get Made episode on it, and it actually made me want to watch it. So I I am gonna watch it. The story sounds ridiculous. Like, yeah, I kind of yeah, heard a synopsis, and I was like, insane. <laughs> yeah, who thumbed up this? Like, who greenlit this? This sounds ridiculous. M Night just gets away with whatever it seems. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple that I saw this year that I, I thought were real just like letdowns that I don't ever think I'll watch again unless we like have to do it for the show or something. Yeah. Uh I thought that Lamb was really fucking stupid. Lamb okay, was Okay, yeah. Don't don't say too much about uh, it because I do want to see it, but Yeah, um, you should. You might like it. And I there might. are things that I like about it. Uh it's, I hear it's a weird know, one. Without a doubt, it's gorgeous and it's very yeah. weird. And again, memorable. I'll I'll put it to you that way. Yeah, but okay. Golly, man. It's just so fucking long-winded and boring. Uh, <laughs> I would say all the same stuff about Green Knight. I know a lot of like people really like the Green Knight okay. a lot. I just thought it was a pretentious fucking fart-sniffing fest. It was not hmm. good. It was not entertaining okay. whatsoever, dude. I think I think we talked about that back on the uh, Terminator 2 episode with Andy Wood. This one I'd seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, we Andy Wood had a, had a lot of info on the Green Knight. Yeah, I didn't know nothing about any of that stuff, but God, that movie was just fucking boring and pretentious. Yeah. Didn't okay. care for that. I'll, have, I'll yeah. have to check it out and see what I feel, but uh, I mean, I've heard some good things. I, You're probably the first person I've heard say they hate it. Yeah, yeah. It seems like a lot of other people really get into it, so maybe it's your thing, but it was definitely not maybe. fucking Ben's thing. Same with Black Friday. We watched that on uh, Thanksgiving night there about a uh, kind of zombie outbreak in a department store on Black Friday. That was yeah. just fucking badly made, dude. It was just not fun <laughs> like whatsoever, so I can't recommend that one either. I got a couple here that are in a, a weird territory for me where it's like, I, I, don't, I don't like them entirely, but there's elements I like. One of them is The Power, which I saw earlier in the year, the and power. it is, it's uh, it's about. Um, I, I think I mentioned it then. There's a nurse in a hospital wing that is being shut down, and the power keeps going off. Uh, and basically, an hour and twenty minutes of the movie I was totally into, and then the ending became message horror in a real mm. like weird way, where it was just like okay. oh. Oh, you kind of ruined all the good like tension and stuff you built up here by suddenly now shifting to a different genre. So like, I do mm. recommend seeing it and seeing what you think because like up to that point, I was like, this is a good tense horror movie. Sounds um, like Pontypooled itself. I love Pontypool. We'll have to cover that one soon. Totally right. Uh, yeah, but. Uh, no, the the ending the ending of Pontypool is more ambiguous, and it's like what just happened. Whereas this <laughs> is like no ambiguity whatsoever. It's oh, like oh. overly <laughs> messaged clearly, like just like oh, I see exactly what you're getting at. Uh, <laughs> the other one is Night Books, which 
is a bad movie, I think. Okay. It's a bad movie. It's supposed to be a kid's focus horror movie. It's really just a terrible novel adaptation of a movie. Ooh. All right. But Kristen Ritter is so good in it. And the imagery in it is so cool to me that I think it's still worth a watch. Hmm. If you have kids, they'll probably love it. But watching it, it like just so much of it was like, oh, this is stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, Kristen Ritter's on screen. Yay. Oh, this sucks. Ooh, a, <laughs> a, a, a unicorn in a completely black space with a, a rainbow behind it. That's fucking rad. Oh, rad. This is stupid. This is stupid. Candy monster. What the fuck? A lot like, of hot and cold here. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I don't love it at all. I in fact think it's a bad movie, but also think like I could watch, I could keep it on in the background with the sound off and really enjoy it. Gotcha. It's one of those. Yeah. yeah. All right. And you know, throughout the course of doing the show throughout 2021, we were also introduced to some new movies that we hadn't seen before. Not necessarily that came out. Uh, this year, right? Just yeah. movies that were new to us that I think are going to become like new regular favorites or even kind of benchmarks, honestly, for some of yeah. these. Uh, I had never seen Lake Mungo until we covered it on the show. Yeah, and that that movie, I swear to God, man, still so fucking sticks with me. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm up really late at night alone by myself and I want to get creeped out, I just have to think about that fucking tape on the beach. Yeah, God damn, like yeah. that is still one of the most chilling things. I have ever seen, period. Yeah. Ever. And, and it's it's like a fake documentary. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. shit. Probably oh. the best documentary style horror movie I've ever seen. Uh, there's not yeah. a lot of them, but nope. it, it, this is definitely number one. But also, yeah, it, it, is, it is fucking rad. It's such a, a, a really good movie that pulls you along and shows you a lot of things and leaves you with that ambiguous feeling you get from a lot of documentaries and I, yeah. I like that. I thought it was incredible. Like that's a new benchmark for me in terms of yeah, yeah kind of the documentary style found footage genre. I think that thing is the fucking king. So much mm-hmm. stuff in that that is freaky as shit. Uh Dead Man's Shoes. We had never done that one before. Right. Until that it was, was one uh, Patreon that, pick, wasn't it? It was a Patreon pick. I know, uh, I believe Kev Bickerdyke had mentioned it to us before, and, I and it had so. been in, in the, the bowl for a while. Uh, Luca Mokliak, I believe, put it in there. Um, but yeah, we, we finally got, got to it, and it was just like, holy shit. This it's crusher, like, man. Yeah, it's, it's devastating. It's also like, it's got some of those really good slasher moments to it. Like when he basically, you know, is, is fucking with all those people who, uh, I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but he's yeah, fucking yeah. with all these bad people. Uh, and it, it's cool. It's kind of like a hero slasher thing. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I like that. And it's not necessarily straight up horror, I would no, say. No, it's mean, not. But it's got it's got paranormal elements and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it's definitely not fun. It's definitely no. not a comedy. <laughs> no, you are not going to be walking away with a, a great feeling after seeing Dead Man Shoot. No, uh-uh. uh, I really like that one a lot, man. Saint Maud is another one. Oh. That, I think that came out maybe twenty eighteen or nineteen, somewhere around there. Yeah, and we did that for the show last year because I kept hearing about it, and like as soon as I saw the trailer, I knew I was like, oh, this seems like a movie for yeah. me because I love religious, like, religious horror. horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and it definitely has that A24 fucking vibe, you know, yeah. to the nines. And uh, we watched that one, and I think it's fucking rad. Yeah, I think it's a really it's, cool it's movie. So good. It's so good. So, yeah, that, that, and again, like, St. Maud, like, no, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody, but uh, yeah. it's, it's definitely about someone going through some, some mental illness and very much uh, focusing on religion and yeah. that, that turning horrendous. Dude, the yeah. last like quarter second of that movie. Yeah. Oh God. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that one, man. Uh, although it's not new by any means, and you had seen it many moons ago. Uh, yeah. This is my first time watching The Howling when we did it on the show. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, The Howling. I mean, it's it's a classic uh, werewolf horror movie for its its makeup effects by Rick Baker, right? Uh, thanks. So. Yeah, because no, yeah, no, Rick. Rick Baker did, did American he, Werewolf. He yeah, but he did the designs. He did the design. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And then yeah, somebody else did it. That's right. But um yeah, fucking The Howling. Just a absolute uh like I love how macro it gets. Like yeah. the idea of a werewolf outbreak to me is cool. Like we need that movie. We need a movie that's basically a zombie outbreak, but it's it's like lycanthropy. Yeah, dude. And the werewolf designs are so good, too. They're so good, yeah. And I like the entire, like, kind of, um, almost like PTSD or, like, uh, sexual assault survivor kind of narrative that runs through the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, I mm -hmm. think that that makes it a really cool, nuanced movie that's not just, you know, at, at the full moon, werewolves come out and they yeah. kill you. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they put some actual effort into making werewolves. Uh, I mean, because, like, a lot of werewolf stuff up to that point had been about you know, one single werewolf and maybe you get into their torture and the torment of being a werewolf or whatever, but this this got into the the mind of the victim much yeah. more. Yeah. And it also turned out to be kind of a well, you know, spoilers for a fucking forty year old movie. But it's like a, a werewolf secret cult movie. I yeah. love secret cult movies. I love a secret cult movie, yeah. So that that's awesome. That was a good surprise for me, as was Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> I had Cage. seen Vampire's Kiss before, but without doing it on the podcast, I did not have the appreciation for it that I do now. Yeah, yeah. so fucking good. That was just a fun one to kind of break down and talk about as well. Um, as was, again, new for me, RoboCop. I'd never seen RoboCop. Oh, right, you hadn't seen August. fucking RoboCop. Oh, I love fucking RoboCop. 20 out of 10. God yeah. damn, that movie is love amazing. Love that movie. So Love great, it, dude. Yeah, dude. Was there any other that stood out for you that you kind of experienced for the first time due to the show? Yeah, uh, Brain Scan. Thanks to our pals oh, yeah. over at Neon Brainiacs. Uh, they right. introduced us to Brain Scan, which just like, man, it, it, it exploded my head with the late 80s, early 90s and trying to define what that genre is and how weird it actually is when you look back on it. Because like, you know, that's when you have like, uh, Freddy talking about the power glove and shit. Like, there's just like this weird like moment where horror was kind of like not making as much money at the box office, and a lot of stuff was starting to go straight to video. And like, it, I don't know, it just opened up for some very interesting stuff. And I think Brain Scan is interesting. If if not if not great, it's extremely interesting and a cool cultural artifact, but still. A, I, I had fun with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. definitely had fun doing that episode, hanging out with the Neon Brainiacs guys, for sure. That was a fun and one. And one that I had seen but had entirely forgotten 
and was so fucking happy to be reminded of was Return to Horror High. Oh, that was a weird one. I'd never seen <laughs> so that one before. Weird. Yeah. That was strange. I actually kind of forgot that we did that one earlier this year. Yeah. And that one actually also kind of fits in that late 80s like model where it, the idea of meta horror, like they're doing meta horror, it's way ahead of Scream, you know, but it's also not hitting people yet. It's like the idea of meta horror is there and the idea that it would be fun is there but return to horror high wasn't like a huge box office hit like scream was Mm -hmm. so people were kind of thinking about it but it hadn't gotten to the level where everybody was like kind of on on the train of let's get meta with horror and by the time we get there you know again like in the mouth of madness is like that too because in the mouth of madness gets very meta but it also didn't succeed uh, Scream was kind of the, the point where everybody was like, ah, yes, I get it now. I get it, right. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah that was a fun one. That was a fun it's, episode. I really enjoyed that one. Still got a lot of catching up to do. Hopefully I'll catch a lot of these uh, great movies from 2021 whenever they start streaming in 2022. But we also want to hear your thoughts about your favorite flicks and least favorite flicks of the year over on our Facebook group where we've got nearly a thousand members maybe maybe by the time this comes out maybe we got a thousand maybe so maybe so whole bunch of people in that group just sharing their thoughts having a good old times slapping hands you know we slap (laughs) hands on yeah slapping hands that's what you do over on facebook is you slap Mm -hmm. why has nobody ever made that as a possibility like what if twitter added high five as a possibility like you can you can be like oh i like this tweet or you can high five somebody for Making a tweet. That's just better, honestly. That's just if it was better. between like do you want to heart it or do you want to high five it? I'm exactly. slapping it. I'm slapping it. Oh fuck it, yeah, bro. High five oh, yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> so let us know over there on the Facebook group. Join up today and start hanging out with cool people. And uh yeah, do that. It's gonna be a good time. Hell yeah. Let's talk about this movie. So Steve, the subject of our show today is one Constanini. Constantini. And five? Yeah, 2005. Constantine. It is uh, an adaptation. Uh, The Constantine character was created by Alan Moore for a Swamp Thing run that he was doing. Uh, And Alan Moore, uh, and Constantine, a.k.a. Constantine, which is how it's pronounced, because he's British. Um, Constantine and and, uh, Swamp Thing have kind of been intertwined since then, like, Swamp Thing is in Justice League Dark with Constantine and Zatanna and Dead Man and all sorts of people. Anyway, um, Constantine is a magic dude. He does magic. magic. Man. Yeah. <laughs> he's um, he's also regularly fights demons and regularly deals with uh, basically tricking demons. Like that. That's what he does a lot. Uh, regularly deals with like. Uh, mythological and religious artifacts and things like that to accomplish his goals uh helps people who are possessed etc kind of dr strangey when you put it that way kind of in some ways yeah he's a little bit though um he is as you know he's nihilistic he definitely doesn't try to make anyone feel better about themselves <laughs> he's what you might call an asshole <laughs> 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 but 
But uh, he's also, the character's also been openly bisexual since 1992, so... Whoa, really? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to Constantine, uh, like, I would call him in some ways, and this is, this would be an insult, I think, to anybody who's a major Constantine fan, but I think to just make it make some sense to people, he's kind of like Magic Batman. Magic Batman. Okay. He thinks... 20 steps ahead of his enemies. He's okay, always he uses way, some way psychology ahead. around him. Yeah. And then you can kind of see that in this movie that changed a good bit about the character, which we'll talk about, but he tricks both God and Lucifer in this. Like it, it kind of shows how he is he's way ahead. He's he's hmm. always ahead of even these people who supposedly know everything that's going on. Yeah, well, I'll put yeah. it out there, too, that, you know, my opinions of, of this movie are entirely those of someone who has never read a Constantine comic, knows nothing about the character. Uh, I haven't seen any of the animated portrayals yeah. of him, so this is all my exposure that I have to this character, so I assume that it's all gospel, and I think it's all really cool, but I did a little bit of reading yeah. about the making of this, and I, I guess it turns out they changed quite a lot about yeah. this character and, and also did. some of the characters that kind of... Uh, orbit him in his Constantini universe, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, specifically, uh, Constantine is Constantine, a British guy who is blonde. Uh, That's lame. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they made him much more overtly Christian in this and really made the world he inhabits a much more overtly, simply Christian world. Yeah, it's all very Abrahamic. Uh, yeah. Like, there's there's no fucking Oni demons flying around. It's all very, like, hell, the yeah. devil, God, Lucifer, Gabriel. Like, it is all entirely, you know, scriptural, I guess you would yeah. say. His character, you know, I would say is a very cynical participant in that. Like, yeah. you know, obviously he believes in all these things that he's fighting, and he knows that God and the devil are real, but... At the same time, it's like whenever, like towards the end of the movie, Midnight's praying for him. He's like, give me a fucking break and just like walks off. Yeah. Like he's very cynical about the whole thing. He's accepted that it's real, but I'm not sure that he really likes it or wants to participate well, in it. I think Gabriel says it best is that he, he doesn't believe he knows. And that's mm. that's the problem is that he doesn't that's have a, to believe to put it, yeah. he knows mm -hmm. for a surety. So for him, like prayer and all there that, is no it's like, faith. There's no need for it. Like, what's the point? And also, he knows his inevitable fate, which is because he's committed suicide, and because in this world, Catholic dogma is absolutely true, he's going to hell. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he has no need for faith if it's just right yeah. there. So that yeah. kind of just makes it a lot more black and white. Like, well, this is how it fucking is. I'm going to burn in hell for what I did. Which and that, I, guess, I guess it's different from what it was in the book, right? Yeah, that very much undercuts the the world Constantine lives in, in which basically all mythologies are true. And, like, he he's a far more neutral, gray, light gray character. Like, he's definitely hmm. fighting demons. So would you say that the original source material is kind of more like like American Gods by Neil Gaiman, where everything's true and everything's real and everything exists simultaneously. Well, yeah, I mean, you're talking about an Alan Moore creation that's also been written by Garth Ennis, so it, it is it is definitely like in steeped in that similar world to Neil Gaiman, but also where 
you know, Neil Gaiman can be much more, um, how would I say it? Uh, fun. <laughs> that that yeah. might be the way to put it. A little more whimsy. Yeah, there's whimsy a lot more whimsy and fun to Neil Gaiman, whereas with uh, Garth Ennis and Alan Moore, it's going to be a lot darker. Um, and that's what this, you know, the, the, the comic book Constantine really is, is um, there? there's not a not a ton of hope really mm. and that kind of makes for a better world <laughs> i think when you're reading it but it also would be a tough sell as a comic book movie with a hundred and something million dollar budget so I, yeah. I get why they made the choices they made and also like if at the end of this he had tricked like Quetzalcoatl or something like he had tricked some you know, Osiris or something, people might not have as much of a connection to those stakes, but in the end, he's tricked both God and Lucifer, and it's like, I get it. I mean, it's a very Americanized version, but it, it does yeah. appeal to a lot more people. It works that way. Well, and I wonder, too, you know, if one day that means that if they ever did make sequels to this, it's like, yeah, he could have another one of these where he's battling against Norse deities or that you know, would ancient be Roman deities. Like, sure. You could make every movie in the series dealing with a different culture, religion, mythology, yeah. whatever, and I would be totally fucking here for it, man. Yeah, and that's that's kind of why, like, I get why they went the, with the Christian angle, but I think they went too hard on it in making it, like, seemingly the the central mythology. Um, because then, where where do you go? if If you know that overall the christian god is the one in charge then it takes away all the stakes for future movies because none yeah. of them are in charge <laughs> yeah because this movie kind of posits that the that you know god and the devil have kind of a wager where they can't exactly directly touch and move stuff on earth but they can have people here that influence others to their side basically. right yeah so you got like tilda swinton as as gabriel uh, who's supposedly working on God's side, but spoiler, she's not. Look out. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Uh, and then you have Gavin Rosdale as as uh, Balthazar. Or is that who it was? Balthazar? Yeah, Balthazar. Yeah, Balthazar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have uh, Gavin Rosdale of Bush fame as Bushing Balthazar. Bushing it up, dude. Bushing it up. What? And, and yeah, they're, uh, you know, Constantine's constantly calling them half-breeds, which he explains, but also to me it's like, I don't get why you're saying half breed. Are they half human? Hmm. What, yeah, like, what true. is the half part? I don't get yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure about that. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, basically, in this universe, there's these people that can only drop a word of influence to sway yeah. people to, to God's side or the devil's side, which I even like how just fucking nihilistic that whole outlook is. Yeah. You know, that, like, me too. God and the devil have no control here, period. Yeah. And to them. Well, I think it is it Gabriel that says it later where it's like God is a kid with an ant farm. No, like, that's that's, that's so Constantine. Awesome. But yeah, okay, that is a great fucking line. And true, like uh from from their perspective, like you know, if there we've talked about it before, if there is a God, he seems to not give a shit about humanity. <laughs> so, um, so this kind of fits in with that outlook for sure. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that um you know that may be Constantine light, as I'm saying, like from the from the comic books, but I, I think it is a good way to go. Like if you're you're trying to make a big budget uh, movie, I think they could have fucking just lowered the budget some on this 
Because this did make money. It made like like double the budget, but nice. That's just not enough usually. Like you know, the studios will say they spent as much of the as the budget on advertising it, and that's not part of the budget. And then that means the movie didn't make any money to them. Um, so like I I don't know how much this actually would have made for the studio, but it it did make like 235 million in the box office which seems to indicate a lot of people want to see it word man did you yeah. see it when it came out no i didn't i was a uh, i was mormon and in russia when it came out i think oh yeah. yeah maybe he's got a movie coming out maybe there's a constantine where you know he's fighting all the all the mormon spirits huh <laughs> that'd be sick uh, yeah i could see him teaming up with the angel moroni who oh, buddy dude what yeah. fun that would be for everyone. <laughs> yeah, fighting for uh, the great Mormon with his flaming pumpkins. With his flaming pumpkins, yeah, yeah, yeah. As uh, it is known. The cast in this is fucking outrageous. And I assume that's it is. A, a good port- portion of the budget. Or I hope so, at least, because they, they yeah. bring it. Well, I'll uh, tell you this, man. Like, I thought that I had seen this movie before. Like, I have oh, yeah. memories of watching some of this movie over at Kate's parents' house, like, way back in the day, way, way, uh-huh. way back in the day. And as we were watching this movie, like, I saw the first part, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember this. I remember the crazy hellscape and all that right. that's in the movie and be- being really cool. And then as the movie kept going, I was like, I don't remember this per- person being in here. I don't remember this scene, and this <laughs> scene's fucking awesome, so I would have remembered it. I think like maybe what happened is maybe Kate and I were there and somebody else in the house had just turned that movie on, but we were already kind of like doing something, so we were only right. partially paying attention to it. Like maybe we were cooking dinner or something like that at the same time. I don't uh-huh. know. Because there's so much of this movie throughout the whole thing where I was like, I remember this, but then a lot of it where I was like, no, I absolutely have not seen this. I know right. I remember this if I saw it. So this might as well have been my first time watching it. And like you said, the cast is just ridiculous because like – as you're going through, more and more people start showing up, and you're just like, "Holy fuck, they're in this movie!" Yeah, it's great. I mean, you know, you know, Canoe's in it. He's on the yep. cover. That, yep. That's old our Canoe. star. I old knew Keanu him going Reeves. into it. Look, pretty much just wearing handsome. his John Wick costume. Pretty you know? much, just, yeah. You can see where, honestly, where uh, the John Wick people, because Peter Stormare is also in John Wick. Like the John Wick people saw this oh, yeah. and they were like, "I got a good idea." <laughs> this was working, so let's kind of yeah, play exactly. with this again. Canoe um, uh, in this is playing a character that I think is very different from our general idea of like good guy, nice guy Canoe that we usually yeah. see. He's a fucking dick in this movie. Yeah, Keanu as a dick is fun though. I mean, that's he's good. He's really good at it. Like he's he's. I think you know. I, I'd like to see him tried you know or at least get cast I, I know he could do it but uh i'd like to see him get cast in more of those roles i know i don't Me think too. it's likely anytime soon no. because it, he's beloved but yeah i don't know if it's exactly what the people want but no there's something about like you know we all know keanu's like very monotone delivery that he has to everything yeah like when he's trying to play like an exuberant bright-eyed bushy-tailed character and he's like it's the man himself. He's yeah. grown young. Yeah, it can it fall work. like really weird and flat. Yeah. But whenever you have that monotone ass delivery and it's coming across as like, I don't give a fuck yeah. about your fucking dead sister. Yep. There's something about his monotone delivery that makes him seem even more like an asshole and it really works. Dude, that scene where Rachel Weiss comes over to his place and he's just like trapped that spider under the glass with the Yeah, smoke. like a dick. Uh-huh. 
being a fucking dick and you know yeah. she's like i was hoping you could give me some direction and he just like points at the door <laughs> yeah like it's weird seeing him be this way but i think he does it really well i think so too i think so too and like uh, i mean you just mentioned her rachel vice is in this and uh, boy i mean fucking love rachel vice like not just only being she gorgeous, hard to look at hard to yes, look at very hard to look at but uh she's great in this like she she's Bringing that American grumble accent that all the British people do. That's something um, I was going to say. Like, <laughs> my, my probably my biggest complaint about her performance in this is she's definitely whispering her way through pretty much the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of whispering yeah. going on. Why is that? I, it's, I, I, I don't know who trains British people to do American accents. They tend to do them better than Americans do British accents. But they also, most of them tend to do a grumble whisper type of thing. Where I I don't know why uh, is that how we sound? <laughs> it, well, it's because we're all cowboys and we smoke Marlboros all day and stuff. And we grumble you know? whisper. It's yeah, me, that's just how we Marlboro do. man. The men, yeah. the women, the children, all of us. We just mumble our way <laughs> across the the great nation of America. I guess. Yeah. I had a little bit of a hard time buying her as like a detective. I think that yeah, she she definitely had kind of a, a softness and a vulnerability to her, and it's like you could say, "Well, dude, she's on the case of her fucking dead sister." Like, of course, she'd be sure. a little bit more sensitive and vulnerable about it. But I don't know. I had a little bit of a hard time buying her as being like a you know seasoned detective. Yeah. Also, uh, they don't they don't give us a, like the movie tries to stuff a lot in, and I don't think they give us enough of her actually doing any sort of police work they just have her talk about it a lot and show a couple of times where she's at a crime scene and she pulls out her badge once yeah and even like when the movie starts like she's like i can't believe i just fucking killed somebody on the job and she goes back to work and she's kind of got some ptsd going on and then it's like oh by the way here's your dead sister (laughs) i think you may have misinterpreted that she doesn't have ptsd at all in fact she's saying she's killed a lot of people on the job because she can see them like where they are and knows exactly when to shoot them and she doesn't seem to feel bad about it at all Okay. All so right. she she is a trigger happy cop, which is uh, hard to relate to. Hard and, to love. <laughs> yeah, like it's definitely hard to love. I really. But feel then when like, you find out that she has the powers and stuff too, you could be yeah. like, oh well, the people she was killing were maybe even demons. So it's maybe like, even sure, but they, they were count. definitely yeah. They don't count. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's a good message to get out there that hey, maybe some of the cops that shoot people shoot them because they see demons. You know what? Could be that. <laughs> uh, I think Michelle Rodriguez might have been better in this role, as you were saying, as to to pull across like a tough detect because this she's saying she shot a bunch of people and she doesn't seem to care about it. But as mm. you said, she doesn't ever come off as tough. So yeah, you you need somebody who can portray that pretty easily and i yeah michelle rodriguez is perfect especially again because you're in la you're in los angeles why do you get a british person to come be an la detective (laughs) that's fair too man yeah but i i do think that her vulnerability works really well in the will they won't they kind of romance angle they play in the movie like yeah i kept waiting for it to be a part where they kiss and you could tell her character was too yeah but it definitely plays it more like classic western or classic film noir where it's just like yeah he's not in it for love he's in it you know to to do the job and move on and move to the next problem well they (laughs) 
they had to cut out an entire element of Michelle Monaghan playing a uh, uh, half demon called Ellie that he has is his lover. Oh, uh, it, which is weird because he shows up in the, that hospital full of demons at that one point, and Michelle Monaghan is there, and it's like, why is Michelle Monaghan here? Now, Michelle Monaghan, I know I know that name from somewhere. Would I recognize her if I saw her? Probably. Absolutely, you'd recognize her if you saw her. Yeah, she's in a ton of stuff. Um, I can't think of anything right now, though. I'm going to get but, fuzzbeat on. Bring yeah, you get fuzzbeat so She was supposed it. to be in here in like a big way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the relationship you're saying about like between them, yeah, that like noir relationship is really good. And I like, Oh, I, yes. I see pictures of her, her now. Yeah. She's okay. from, yeah. Like gone, baby gone, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she's another, you know, just real hard to look at person yep. for sure. <laughs> real hard to look at, but Damn, apparent- so she was supposed to be in this. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, Rachel, I said in an interview that, like, in a lot of those scenes, she did want to kiss Keanu. Obviously, he's handsome. Uh, and, like, that she and Keanu worked real hard to never kiss. That way, oh. like, like even, like, as a joke or anything in a take, that way they had nothing to use. They couldn't possibly throw a kiss in if they decided to go that way. Just completely shut out even the possibility yeah. of it. Don't even film it. Yeah. So... That that was smart of them because again, as I just said, they edited out Michelle Monaghan entirely. <laughs> like you hmm. don't know when you're filming a movie what the final result's going to be. Um, I kind of like that too because I think that that kind of drives at home that Constantine's entire outlook on on his life and his fate and his destiny and where he's going. It's just like there's no point in even having, you know, a loved one in this life. He's like, that, I know. Yeah. He knew at that point he was going to die of cancer really fucking soon. Yeah. And also he knows he's just going to burn in hell anyway. So it's like, why even fucking bother? I don't want a girlfriend. That like, actually I think it is, makes his character more nihilistic. Yeah, that actually is like a, an element of Constantine's character is that anyone who gets close to him basically dies. Ba- like, that it's just going to happen. If you become a part of Constantine's life, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um the single exception of that in the comics is Chaz. <laughs> so, of course, spoilers, that's who they kill in the movie. <laughs> so that's who they kill in the movie. Um, Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. So, like, uh, normally he dates people who are also magic. Like uh, Zatanna. Um, it's uh, people who can handle themselves. Um, in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, um, he also mentions he had a relationship with King Shark. Which, Whoa. you know King Shark from Suicide Squad. He can handle himself. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, like, basically, anybody, any normal person in his life, they're in for torture. And so, you see why he would push people away. Because he doesn't want them to actually get tortured by demons. Not just well. die, but they have to go through horrendous torture. Hmm. Yeah, and in this one, Shia LaBeouf is kind of his apprentice slash cabbie slash person yeah. that says John a lot. <laughs> says John a lot. Uh, Take a shot every time he says John. That's the don't do that. Person. You'll die. <laughs> you'll have a case of being dead. <laughs> he seriously says. I think there was one sen- like one. It was like three sentences, and it was like John something something John John. <laughs> it was just like what the <laughs> fuck? How many times is he gonna say John? Uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, they, they changed up that Chaz character a good bit. Um, but, it, you know, it's fine. Except I don't really understand. You see, you saw the mid credit scene, right? Sure. 
the one where like he goes to see Chaz's uh, tombstone and like lays down his lighter, and then Chaz shows up as an angel. Yeah, was he an angel the whole time? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Okay, I was make wondering if I missed something to there. me. What yeah. they were going for there, but it's they set up they set up a sequel so many times throughout this, and I'm not. This is not a complaint. I like this movie. <laughs> I I don't mind that it, it goes completely different than the comic Constantine, though I would love to see that done as part of the DC EU. But um, the 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 way that they keep setting up like potential sequels made it it like blew my mind when I was done with the movie because uh, I was like, this is a good movie. It made $235 million at the box office, and they set up so many sequels, and then nothing? And then comic book movies blew the fuck up after this. Yeah, like, come on, man. Like, fucking go for it. There has been talk recently. uh, Peter Stormare said something about, like, he heard that there was something in development, and I know that oh. Keanu has said that that's the one character he would like to go back to. Totally. So, um, I, I and you know he and Rachel Vice still fucking hotties. So throw it together, make, make it, it work, happen. Dude. I, I would, would be, I would watch it here for that. I would absolutely, absolutely watch a yeah. shit out of that. Plus, too, it's like there's so much more acceptance for Keanu as an action star. I mean, yes. I guess the Matrix the Matrix definitely solidified that, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, late in life, you know, well, quote, late in life, late in Hollywood life, yeah, John he's Wick 50, and stuff. Yeah, I think. He's still, still not young, but he's not old. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know, John Wick, I think, really established him as like, okay, yeah, middle-aged Keanu is a fucking action star. So, yeah. if they brought this back, I'm sure that people would watch it, and I would definitely be here to see it, man. Because yeah, there's just so too. much more that they could do with it and so many more places they could go. Yeah. I don't know if they should bring Gavin Rosdale back. Uh, <laughs> well, they can't. He's He, he actually dies in this, right? Okay. Like, I yeah. think. Like, that's supposed to be he actually dies. But Tilda Swinton doesn't, and her ending is great. And it all, yes. like, that was a good setup for, like, th- there's going to be a sequel. Tilda Swinton as a human, like... He, he's gonna go back to her. She's gonna have some information, but also not know everything. I like. There was just so many moments that set up a, a like this is gonna be a franchise. I know that it's disappointing to know that it hasn't been. Though yeah. they could still go back to it. Yeah, because this movie does a really, really excellent job of just sort of plopping you down in a universe where all the gears are already turning. We don't mm-hmm. get the Constantine origin story where no. he figures out all this stuff like it's kind of we find constantly out, revealed through exposition as the yeah. movie goes we find out that like he uh committed suicide as a teen because he saw demons and then he crazy. found out hell was real uh and was he was dead for like two minutes found out hell was real and came back but he already had the powers before that that just mm-hmm. solidified in his head like oh no hell is real heaven is real and I am going to hell. That is the ultimate fate in my life. And then, of course, he we don't see all of the time he spent learning magic and meeting all the characters we are introduced to. Like, we're introduced to a lot of characters, like a cast of friends of his, mm-hmm. that, again, we don't get, we don't get Papa Midnight's whole story. We know no. in this he's neutral. I don't think that's anything in the comic books, but in this he's supposed to be neutral between good and evil. 
You got and he's like, Jaimon Hutsu. And he's Jaimon Hutsu. Yeah, fucking again, awesome cast. Tilda Killer Swinton. actor. Uh, his his uh, father Hennessy is uh, Pruitt Taylor Vince. Who that guy? You might, man. you might not know by name. You see him though, you know him. You have seen that guy in eighty billion things, yeah. man. Holy cow! Like. Him and the guy that played Friar Tuck in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh-huh. are almost the same person, but almost they're separated the by about 15 person. years. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like driving Kate and I crazy. We were sitting there watching the movie yesterday, and we were both just like, what the fuck do we know him from? And mm-hmm. she was like, oh, that's fucking Friar Tuck. And I was like, yes, that's what I know him from. Nope. <laughs> it's nope. not, though. Those two no. guys are really similar. But you've seen that guy in yeah. a million things. And again, with Hennessy, it's like he's this kind of tortured alcoholic priest that drinks to make all the voices shut out and stuff yeah, but he can, we don't get he, the the story of how they met or anything but nope. you kind of trust that it's there and also there's like some real good background without providing exposition where you know that he because like he has this medallion from john uh that like he they've had some interactions before and that medallion keeps the voices out of his head but then john asks him to basically stop using it so he can go hear the voices meds. again. Yeah, go off yeah. your meds so you can hear the voices so you, you can help me with this. And that, of course, you know, leads to his death. But also, like, a- as you said, like, the the storytelling there is, is good and subtle. Like, because mm-hmm. this is a movie full of exposition. Like, throughout, Tons. I was like, oh, man, this is going to sound weird because I, I didn't like Odd Thomas for constantly giving us exposition. And this movie is doing that, but I still like it. And I think it's because it does do moments where it's more subtle. And it also doesn't explain every single thing. It's just providing us exposition throughout the movie to kind of orient us, but then giving you time to think about things as well. Oh, yeah. And then also just like showing you stuff and letting you figure it out yourself. Like it doesn't tell you the whole history of just like, Oh, these are golden artifacts from the fucking uh from the Pope's collection and we're melting them down cuz the gold bullets from holy relics will kill the bad guys. No, right. it just shows you a bunch of little golden trinkets of crosses and angels that melt them to make bullets out of them. You can probably figure that out on your fucking own. Yeah. Like this movie I think has a good idea of the intelligence of the viewer to be able to just see something happening and make sense of it, you know, yeah. without explaining literally everything to you and it is kind of odd you bring up the odd thomas thing because as i was watching this i was getting some of the same vibes that i got from that movie which we didn't didn't really like in that you are just kind of plopped into this supernatural world where this guy can see things that other people can't and Mm -hmm. you know the, the the boundaries and um abilities are constantly being expanded on and explaining itself as the movie goes but I don't know. Somehow this just did it so better. much fucking better. Yeah, <laughs> it does. I think it's. I think the action sequences, uh, because again, Ah Thomas full of action sequences, but this the action sequences are better. Yeah. Um, and also the the CG is better. It's. I'll say it surprised me for being yeah. a fucking two thousand five movie. Yeah. I think they handled a lot of the CG pretty damn well. Yeah. And I think you know honestly a lot of that is because a lot of times. It was being hidden between, you know, like if they were in hell, everything had that kind of wavy heat sort of mm-hmm. wave look about it. That kind of helps hide things a little yeah. bit. Uh, there was also like the parts where he'd maybe be hallucinating or whatever. 
everything had this weird like blurry kind of dreamlike look about it. Yeah. That also kind of helped hide obvious CG. I think that they they knew they would get caught if they showed it in broad daylight, so they were smart about it in this. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And and like um the director Francis Lawrence uh-huh. When I looked him up, like th- throughout the movie, I was watching. I was like, "This this reminds me of something." Like the the CG reminds me of something. And I found out he directed I Am Legend, and I was like, "That's it." That it, makes complete. It reminds sense. me of the CG from I Am Legend, and neither is great. Neither stands up today when you look no. back on it. But at the time, in comparison to a lot of the other really crappy CG that was coming out, it it still looked decent. And oh, still yeah. looking back on this today, I think when you look at I Am Legend today and, and look specifically at the the infected, like it doesn't look great, but they no. still look pretty good. Pretty damn good, man. And they went practical whenever they needed to as well. Like with some of those mm-hmm. scenes where like Gavin Rosdale's got, you know, his half like half his face like melted off. Yeah. That's a really great looking application they have on his face right yeah. there. But then really on the other side, well. the CG, there's the CG bit, and it still looks okay. Like, the practical is always going to look better, but the CG on that one side still looks okay. Like, I didn't have any complaints about it, is, is what I would say. That's the highest, like, honor I can give to a mid-2000 CG movie. Is like, yeah, not a lot to I complain really about. I really didn't have much to complain about with the CG. And honestly, the parts where I thought that some of the CG was the worst, it's also when they're doing completely unnecessary stuff where you have something like, like there's a few parts in there where one of the demons will just be dead center in the middle of the screen and kind of do that, <sighs> like rush right. at the middle of the screen, like, ooh, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be scared now kind of thing. And it's like, wow, that really did not need to be there. No, uh, it didn't. And it also didn't look that good. Like even the part where he's out on the street and he's like coughing his lungs up and like there suddenly there's a crab crawling across his foot and you're like what the <laughs> fuck and he has to fight that like vermin guy yeah like, he's made out of bugs and crustaceans and snakes and stuff it's it's a cool but it's not it doesn't look amazing but it do, it does look like if oogie boogie didn't have like the the canvas sack around him right dude he is totally oogie boogie i yeah. hadn't thought about that that's exactly what he fucking is yeah but, you know, they, they have a shot of his, like, face where you can see his face and it's just like, oh, he's got crab lips and rat eyebrows and all this vermin all over him. And it's like, that's cool, but I really didn't need to see that and the effect doesn't look that good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I feel like throughout this there, hap- there are definitely scenes missing. Like, there's stuff that they definitely shot and the studio was like, you cannot have a two and a half hour comic book movie. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, surely, right? Right. Who will keep their asses in seats for that? Yeah. I feel like, yeah, Constantine kind of suffers from the fact that studios didn't have the faith they should have had in it. Like, Mm -hmm. if they knew what was coming, like with with Iron Man and stuff, they would have probably put more effort in to, to just, like, letting this be what it is. Because I think people would have sat for two and a half hours with this movie. I would have. I mean, it's two yeah. hours, but it doesn't feel long. No, to me. it doesn't feel long at all. It's always moving forward. I mm. think some of the the coolest CG in this man is the way that the just the hellscape looks. The way that they made hell look. Yeah. Um, I was reading that they got a lot of inspiration from looking at the immediate blast impact of like the atomic bombs. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. and it looks that way. Like the wind yeah. is blowing and everything's just kind of disintegrating around them, and it looks like it's a million degrees. So fucking sick, man. I yeah. love the way they made hell look. And then there's that one part there, too. Like, I think it's the first time that he goes to hell, and you see him, and he's basically in L.A., but it's destroyed. It kind of looks like T2. Yeah. But then the camera, like, pans down beneath his feet, and it's just, like, this writhing mass of people. Yeah. What in the fuck? That is sick as shit. I love it that. It is. It, it Like, the representations of hell, and, ba- and they say in, in the movie that uh, hell is, is basically just earth but hell, and heaven is basically just earth but heaven. Like, it, earth is just this in-between place where neither extreme is ruling yet. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I like that idea. Like, it it's interesting because they do show, like, the buildings and stuff in L.A., like, they're, you know, all on fire and whatnot. So it makes me think, like, so if you build something on Earth, it appears in heaven and hell as well. That's you cool. Know, <laughs> I guess so. That's really I cool. I suppose so. That's got to be interesting. Yeah, that made me think of like, okay, so you're like a you're like a, a pilgrim from the 15th century, and <laughs> you're burning in hell now? for you know being a fucking asshole, and uh, yeah, stuff just keeps appearing, and you're like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck is a space needle? <laughs> the sun sphere? Why do we need this? What's this about? Huh? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That would mean that the architecture is constantly changing. <laughs> Interesting. At least but you yeah, got I think that. that looks really dope. One thing I was kind of wondering about is like while he's down there in hell, a lot of the demons that he sees have like they're like basically like headless from the nose up. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it's like, they're, those... it's like their head was just like cut in half. Well, that's what ma- kind of made me wonder about it. Like considering that you know if you commit suicide, you go to hell. Are these people that like blew their heads off in life? Oh, is that what they're supposed? To... Well. I guess, no, I guess, though, in the mythology of the movie, humans can't become demons or angels. Demons and angels are separate species. Okay. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But that does seem like like maybe what they were trying to represent. Like, maybe those mm. are specifically suicide demons. Yeah. Could be. I don't yeah. know, man. Yeah. The way that suicide is dealt with in this is, is interesting. And, uh, uh, yeah, probably a trigger warning for a lot of people that don't don't want to see uh, a lot of suicide. There's a lot of suicide in this movie, I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, there sure is. There are two successful suicide attempts in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. But I like, too, how it, it plays with the use of that, with suicide and murder, as kind of like a way to take a peek into hell or heaven or whatever. It's really kind of like, it's doing what Constantine apparently always does, which is like really toying with the red tape to get away with stuff. Like that scene where, you know, Rachel Weisz needs to see hell and he's like, okay, do this thing where you get uh, in a bathtub. I'm going to do a magic trick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just kidding. I'm just going to drown you to death for a second. (laughs) He, He murders her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because the thing is, I was thinking about it, and I was like, why in the fuck didn't he tell her I've got to hold you under the water? And it's like, oh, because then she, in the red tape, would have been would agreeing be to be committing suicide. suicided. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. then she'd be damning herself. So he's like, if I tell her this, it will yeah. damn her. So I just have to murder her. I'm, I'm fucked already. I'm already going to hell. So yeah. I'm just going to kill her for a second. Like, God damn, that is fucked up, but really yeah. cool because he knows it'll get through the red tape. He's manipulating the bureaucracy. 
that he is. Yeah, that disgust him basically. Like he is disgusted by the bureaucracy, and that's kind of how they come together in an interesting way. They're both going to that church. Like they they both run across each other at the hospital, um, where he's finding out he has a terminal cancer cancer diagnosis, and she is you know dealing with the suicide of her twin sister. But they they then show up at the the church where they both basically get a lesson in bureaucracy where gabriel tells you know john that he he's a suicide and he's not you know gonna get any sort of help from god in you know no matter how many demons he gets rid of or whatever and she's talking to the priest who's telling her no your sister can't have a catholic funeral because she's a suicide like yeah dealing with these evil bureaucracies well, I like, too, the dichotomy of that scene where, like, he is there trying to bargain for his soul, and she's there trying to bargain for her sister's soul. There's kind right. of automatically this selfish versus selfless kind of dynamic going on with their characters. Yeah, and he's going to flip, of course. That's going to be—that is, like, the big m- moment there that that dynamic is set up, and then in the end, he's going to sacrifice himself for Isabel— Mm-hmm. and that is what saves him and her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, And I love, too, man, the way that he also uses killing himself to get the devil's attention because he uh-huh. knows Lucifer hates him so fucking yeah. much that he will personally come to collect him. So he's like, yeah. shit, like all hope is kind of lost right now. The fucking son of Satan is about to be born onto <laughs> the earth, and there's nothing I can do about it. So I'll just fucking up. kill myself. Hopefully yeah. the devil comes in time to get me. And I'll trick and him. at that point, yeah, dude. <laughs> ultimately, at the end of the day, he saves all of the world by tattling to the devil. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't fight the devil. That's something nope. I think is really cool about this. It doesn't get to the point where it's just like it's a man fighting yeah. Lucifer, like that level of ridiculous heights. It's just like he summoned the devil because he knew that if he had an audience with him, he could be like, hey, man. Your son's kind of being a dick. He's he's like trying to come over here and like take over the world. Yeah. And Satan is just like, <laughs> no way, no, that's gonna be my job. And he just yeah. kind of grabs his son and sends it back to hell. He u- <laughs> like yeah, he, he uses on. his knowledge of, and this is, I mean, very Batman like in, in a way, but like ha- having this like knowledge that Lucifer is so egotistical that he won't let anyone else take over the world. Like, yeah. So knowing you can manipulate that, knowing you can manipulate a loophole perhaps by tricking Lucifer into, uh, saving this other suicide, which then means you've sacrificed, which is kind of a loophole for God. So now yep. you you can go to heaven. <laughs> and now, of course, <laughs> I don't know if he knew this would happen, but in the comics, I'm pretty positive Constantine would be like, no, I knew he'd do this. Uh, <laughs> because of that, Lucifer then cures his cancer because he wants him to fuck up again so he can have him. I love it. He's like, I know it's if awesome. I let you live long enough, you'll fuck it up again and I'll yeah. get, to get your ass in hell. So That's good. awesome. That's yeah. a really, really cool ending. And it's also like... It's kind of the opposite of what you expect out of a comic book movie, where you are thinking about the big final battle, the huge apocalyptic man versus God fight, like Avengers fighting Thanos or whatever. Right. Like, this is really the opposite of that. Yeah. And it's really cool. And it's partially so fucking cool because 
here we are with this new character appearing in the third act. We get, is it Peter Stormare? Peter Stormare, yeah. That guy, man, who, again, so by great. name, maybe you don't know him by name, but you, you've usually been used to seeing this guy play like a crazy Russian in movies. Yeah, he does a lot of... Uh, or a yeah, Swede. A lot of accent stuff, yeah. Yeah, he was in like Fargo, uh, uh-huh. tons of fucking movies, man. Yeah. And whenever his character shows up as Lucifer... I was instantly just like, holy fuck, this is so sick. I love yeah. the design, which apparently was his idea. Like, I read yeah. the original design for Lucifer. It sounded stupid as fuck. He it was sounded to be like, like Jared Leto's Joker, basically. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was like Edgelord Lucifer, where it was like, yeah. okay, he wears leather pants and no shirt, and he has a spiked dog collar on. Like, and face stupid. tattoos. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No, instead... He does have tattoos that are kind of peeking out of his collar and right. stuff, but he's wearing this like off-white kind of 70s looking suit. Mm-hmm. But then the fact that he's barefoot and his feet are covered in like tar or oil yeah. or something and it's like gotten the the hems of his pants all fucking dirty too. Yeah. Dude, I love everything about the way he portrays it because it's all like a bunch of minor league irritating things. He's just very hateable yeah it's like it's like somebody walking into your house with fucking dog shit on their shoes like this guy (laughs) has fucking tar on his fucking feet yeah you know he has no eyebrows it's just like (laughs) stuff to make you mad exactly yeah he made so many perfectly like and then like yeah the way he acts with john is just like so perfectly annoying and i like that he thought of that as like Satan would be annoying, I feel like. (laughs) That's a very good character choice. It's not like the suave, debonair, like, oh, he's so cool, he'll trick you because he's the devil. It's like, no, this guy is just a pest, is the way he plays Lucifer. And I think it's so fucking rad, man. I think it's so cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we've said it, Tilda Swinton's name and said Gabriel a few times, but like Tilda Swinton as Gabriel is so fucking awesome. Just like they they went for the androgynous look. Gabriel is supposed to be a male character in this. Uh, okay, they, I was wondering they about they that because they to, don't even they I don't think, even like really try to gender Gabriel up exactly. Yeah, I think a, a couple of times they use the pronoun he with Gabriel, okay. but yeah, they they don't do much there. But yeah, it's it's Tilda Swinton playing a, a an androgynous sort of male character but like also like the the way that that character develops is like the first time we see uh Gabriel is uh basically a what would you say like addressing down to John of like obviously you're going to hell because you're a fuck up and all this stuff and then by the end it's like uh, you know, this sort of like comically stupid character. <laughs> like she like Dilda Swinton has become like by the end, she's just like, See what I did for you, John? See, like I gave you a, <laughs> I gave you the chance to kill me and you didn't take it. You're you yeah. know, you can change. Like Yeah. It's just I love so, that. so silly and, and fun. Like that's also why I was like, Oh god, I wanna see a sequel with this like because this is fun like now john has the upper hand and like i, I really want to see because they're they're great together keanu reeves and tilda swinton are great together on the screen i, I wanted to see awesome. more of that 
And I, I do love that they decided to go that way with that character, too. Like, I love the idea that, you know, these, like, super ancient angels are so, you know, even though Gabriel's supposed to be male, but the idea that this angel could be so fair and so beautiful right. as to be completely androgynous and almost be female. Like, I think it's really cool the way that they played it that way. Right. There's a risk, yeah. but I think it's neat, man. Well, because also, too, I guess in some mythologies... Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even in, in some Catholic mythology, you know, angels are androgynous. They talk yeah, about that in dogma, yeah, for not, example. Yeah, they're not uh, of any sex, I guess, to keep them pure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it ain't like they're reproducing or whatever, right? Right, yeah. So I like the idea that they kind of went that way with it. Yeah, Tilda Swinton, dude. She's she awesome. fucking rules, dude. She rules. Not her first time. <laughs> so We've talked about her on the show. No, so it won't good. be the last. No. Uh, yeah, I, I think that um, also Shia LaBeouf needs to be talked about because despite the fact that they do have him saying John every other word, he is he does a good job of portraying this character who is like hungry for magical knowledge and hungry for like wanting to work in the same field as as Constantine, wanting yeah. to be this demon fighter. I think he does a good job of having like that annoying kid brother feel to him. Mm -hmm. And that works because annoying, annoying Constantine is funny. Mm -hmm. He's such a nihilistic bastard. Well, it, I even think too, like whenever we get that first mission where Constantine is doing that exorcism, and you know the mirror like falls on the taxi cab outside. Yeah, <laughs> that Shia LaBeouf is in, and he's like, "If you'd have told me to move, I'd have moved. I don't need you're dropping a three hundred pound mirror out of here. I'd have moved the fucking car." Yeah, like you, you kind of get this <laughs> dynamic where like they've been working together for a while, yeah. and they're all, both pretty jaded about all this shit and don't really care about it. Uh, yeah. Their dynamic, I think, just works really well together. Yeah, and then of course he proves himself, which is like a cool moment. And then like it really does hit you after that moment when Gabriel kills Chaz. You're like, "Fuck, that sucks." Like even yeah, though he's been dude. this annoying character up to this point, he just proved like that he's valuable and then he dies and it's like, "Oh fuck. I didn't want That's that." That's another cool like special effects moment too whenever he puts the holy water in the sprinkler and like <laughs> melts all those motherfuckers. That's that so looks cool. Awesome, dude. So cool. Yeah. Really cool. And, of course, the entire kind of plot with Gabriel and Lucifer and all that is also tied up in this entire Spear of Destiny, the return of the son of Satan, right. Amon plot, yeah. which I, I will say plot from Amon's return, yeah, a little unclear. Yeah. It's like, well, first he's got to control a powerful psychic, but then also needs help from God to come back, so he's got to have a holy artifact like the Spear of Destiny or right. something. Yeah. That's a little like, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. I do like, though, that they did that reading from, like, I guess the Bible in hell that has all these yeah. extra books and shit. It's just fucking yeah. cool, man. It's metal. It but is. The, the plot for that return, I was a little little unclear on. Yeah. I, and I watched it uh, three times, and uh, I think I, you know, I think it is as, as pretty much as clear as you said that, like, that, um, the the son of of the devil needs uh, a powerful psychic to be the the womb to his return and they need the blood of jesus that's on the spear of destiny because the spear of destiny if uh, you don't you don't know because you're not catholic uh is the spear that was drove into to jesus's side and in this they say that's what killed him though in the bible 
it says that blood and water came out of the wound, wound which indicates that he was dead already. So, whatever. Point is, Spear of Destiny is supposed to have Christ's blood on it. So it would be the blood on the spear that's supposed to do something. But there's there's no like there's there's no like clarity to what is supposed to happen. I do love though the way that the entire thing is kind of established, where you have this uh, this Hispanic guy that finds it. Uh-huh. And kind of instantly gets possessed by it, and then just gets mowed down by that fucking yeah. car. The way the car yeah. like wraps around <laughs> him is so fucking sick. It's like out of it nowhere, is. and it looks awesome. The effect is great. Yeah, and um, I love that you know as he's like passing through and like hopping over that fence and stuff, he comes across that like big field of livestock, and they all just start dying around him. That's so metal. Yeah, it is. Um, I I did have a. I had a question about this, like, I I wondered a little bit, because the threat comes from, uh, a, a man, Emmanuel is his name, who yeah. is a Mexican, who is in Mexico, coming to America, and at one point, uh, J- uh, John Constantine says to the demons, I'm here to deport you. Oh, and that's I was true, wondering he does. what angle they were going for with that. Like, was it re- like, I, I, I'll believe it if they're just like, oh, we just chose Mexico because it was far enough away to give him time, you know, to get there to while the rest of the stuff was going on or whatever. It's close to L.A. Um, hmm. But I don't but know you when he says that a different way, huh? Yeah. When he says the line deport, it starts to make the demons look like immigrants and it's like <laughs> wait what are you trying to say then he's seen <laughs> that your, feller coming over with here your... with his fancy spear thinking he's gonna take his germ uh-uh. don't worry i got my holy shotgun i'm deport your <laughs> ass i don't know if constantine or constantine the the comic book character has ever used a holy shotgun really not that okay. i'd be against it but it's i i feel like that's not normally their thing it's a very american change yeah i was gonna say it sounds like an american action movie kind of change right yeah yeah it is also again with the spear of destiny stuff it is also a little bit curious to think that like this guy who is like literally holding a spear with the blood of jesus on it would have all these like unholy devil powers it seems like that would be a, a yeah. powerful holy artifact if anything yeah exactly yeah I it's, don't know. It, it it gets re- like when you try to throw the character of Constantine into a black and white scenario, it just, it kind of flattens a lot. It kind of mm-hmm. makes a lot of his, his character not as uh, appealing and a lot of the world not as interesting. But again, I do get the change. I think it, I think it is probably a smarter change for a lot of, of the, the audience, but it, I don't know. I I think you could have, you know, very much like a Doctor Strange style Constantine. Like, the first Doctor Strange movie, when you watch it, they don't hold your hand throughout Mm it. Like, they're introducing you to a lot of strange concepts that haven't been a part of the MCU up to this point. So, I feel like you could do that with Constantine better in, like, the franchise mode where like it's it's a part of some movies and a world that's already been kind of established and it adds a new wrinkle to that world and then you don't have to go with the black and white god versus the devil you can just show him 
you know, interacting a ton with demons and using magic and using weird artifacts and stuff from all sorts of different mythologies. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. I think that would, that would pull off pretty well. I do love mm-hmm. all the artifact stuff in this, too. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's cool. It's everything from, yeah, like, blessed artifacts. Uh, there's, yeah. I, I guess, apparently deleted scene where you find out that that shroud thing that he, like, lights on fire on his hand, which that scene is yeah. fucking rad. I love yeah, that. Yeah, it is. That's, uh-huh. like, a part of, like, Moses's burial shroud, apparently. Yeah, so it has some sort of demon uh, f- fleeing power. I guess I don't so. Know. But it, it's it was cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like all that stuff. Plus, there's also, like, the electric chair from Sing Sing that, like, fried a couple hundred yeah. people, I guess. Like, so it, it's, dark. like, imbued with some abilities now because of all the souls that have been sort of destroyed by it. Yeah, that's I cool. like all of that. It's cool. I do, too. Yeah, and that whole scene where, like, Midnight basically fucking zaps him in the electric yeah. chair. That's really rad. I think it's neat. Yeah, also feels like a uh, like quasi-Matrix reference, too. Yeah, I guess <laughs> like, so. Sitting in a chair, seeing visions, etc. But may you know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I, I think I think that the the use of all the like artifacts and stuff that it's just something that like we've we've seen time and again with like Indiana Jones and National Treasure and stuff like that, that people love the concept of an artifact. Just oh, yeah. doesn't matter what it is. Just if it's an artifact and it's got some sort of special property to it, people are interested. Oh, yeah. I love that shit. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think visually the movie is fucking rad. I love the warm yeah, tone look really of good. the movie. I think especially mm-hmm. considering so many post-Matrix movies were this like you know pallid, green tone, cold looking thing. Uh, I like that this movie went with a lot of warm tones. It also yeah. makes it a cool contrast whenever there's something going on that is cool toned. I think it looks really excellent. There's some cool camera work in here. I guess yeah. the guy that directed it had done like a bunch of music videos and stuff, right? Yeah, this is his first uh, full-length film, but yeah, no he's done a bunch of... Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, damn. Yeah, it's a fucking... It's a hardcore way to come out. He's also done... Yeah, as I said, I Am Legend. He did the other three Hunger Games movies, not the first one. So he oh, did okay. the, mm-hmm. the last three. Uh, but yeah, he's... he's um, he came from the world of music videos and definitely had like an aesthetic and an idea of how these things should look. Mm -hmm. But like, I think, you know, moving, moving the character to LA is a gigantic shift, but I also love LA. So I love that. (laughs) Like I really didn't have any complaint to that because I loved seeing like streets and stuff I recognized and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It was like, I like that. I like that setting, especially for, uh, you know, fighting demons. It just seems like a perfect sort of amoral setting. All right there, Randy Newman. (laughs) I I did sing I Love L.A. whenever... (laughs) (laughs) The the part when, like, he goes to hell and you see that it's L.A., I just immediately went, I love L.A. (laughs) (laughs) I guess the movie could have looked a lot different, though, because one of the original ideas for the movie was that it was going to be directed by Tarsem Singh. Dude, I read that and immediately, like, came a little. I know. I would love to see that movie. Fuck yeah, man. It would be a drastically different flick. Way oh, more artsy and surreal. different. Yeah, But, dude, to get to see, like, Tarsem Singh's idea of what hell would look like, mm-hmm. sign me the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. 
Absolutely. I would love I would love to see that. But then also too, they signed Nicolas Cage on there to be Constantine. So there's gotta That's be a bad call. Yeah, Nicolas Cage and Tarsem Singh making a movie, which I think would have been a wreck, which apparently Tarsem Singh was like, I can't make the movie I want if Nicolas Cage is the lead. Yeah, yeah, I read that. (laughs) And I also thought, like, yeah, he's... (sighs) Tarsem Singh, he makes art. Like, he can't have somebody else who comes in and does their own thing. Like, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. Nick Cage and Tarsem Singh. And I just don't think Nick Cage uh, as Constantine would have been great no i, I think either. he i can see it, like if he if it was something he was dedicated to where he was like no i love these comic books yeah. i can see him coming in and fucking nailing it because i mean we've seen him as spider-man noir and we you know we've seen him in all sorts of gray character situations yeah, he could do maybe. this yeah yeah exactly but i yeah i just don't i don't know i, th- I think uh keanu is a better choice yeah yeah, so it would have been interesting to see that version for sure. I think it would have been a lot less action-y, comic booky, but it could have been a bizarre, surreal, occult movie. I think yeah. Carson would have gotten to do it. So that that is an alternate reality I would love to take a peek into, you know? Yeah, me too. Soundtrack was cool in this. I'm not going to say the soundtrack was like ultra-memorable, but it never no. really got in the way. It always just kind of enhanced whatever was going on on screen without, you know, telling you how to feel too specifically. Yeah, I don't have a ton of complaints about this, man. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, but when I sit down and watch it, I really like it. Yeah, that's, me too. And that's important, I think, uh, that it, it, it really does have a good comic book movie feel to it, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it establishes a large world, gives us a ton of characters, just... All sorts of stuff that make you think, like, I'd like to see more. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's the perfect feel for comic book movies. Oh, yeah, especially the first and what could have been a franchise. It really lets you know that like, you're being dropped into a world where there's already a lot of wheels turning. There's already a lot of established characters and mythology. And yeah. there's a bigger world than even what you're seeing in this. So, yeah, I would fucking love to see more of it personally. Yeah, me too. And if they do, like... Uh, I wouldn't mind if Keanu and Rachel Weisz came back and it was just like, here we are, you know, uh, 15 years later or whatever. Yeah, I'd be okay with that. See where that's at. I think so, man. Cool Mm -hmm. flick. Fucking love this one, man. Like, I I really, I didn't know what to go into, uh, you know, to review it and everything because I thought that I had seen it, but I wasn't sure. But this exceeded expectations for me. Like, I don't really know why there's not a bigger following around this movie although i guess it, it is does rated have a cult decently following. high yeah 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 there, there are a lot of people who who do really like sing its praises but it just yeah i think uh it maybe got lost in the shuffle because we've had so many great comic book movies since like you know hellboy the guillermo del, del toro's hellboy came out the year before this and yeah. you go back and watch that movie it's a real good movie like and really interesting and fun um but I, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, Spider-Man movies were coming out around this time. Like, we had the Batman, the Nolan Batmans and stuff. I think a lot of established characters were getting more of the attention. And these more obscure characters just kind of fell by the wayside, even though the movies were good and made money. Yeah, Hellboy might have been a real problem there, too. Because 
you know, you're sitting there the next year being like, okay, there's a movie where there's a lot of stuff in hell and there's the Spear of Destiny. Didn't I see this movie last year? <laughs> yeah, and they used the same Spear of Destiny prop. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that seems like that could have been a problem for the success yeah. of this one, you know? I could I could see that, but apparently that wasn't it wasn't too much of a problem. So I dug this one a lot. I think it's a great Patreon pick by old yeah, Krista. Thanks, Krista Dorico. Krista, you just keep on being fucking cool. Everybody needs to know a Krista. I tell you this. Yeah. I've known a Krista for a very, very long time. I don't know her at all. But hi, Krista. You would enjoy a Krista very much. I believe I that. I guarantee. And if you don't, you're an enemy of mine now. Oh, damn. I drive a hard line when it comes to a Krista. If you, if you don't <laughs> like Krista, you are my nemesis. You can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, you can go fucking hell. That's what I yeah. always say. So, yeah, awesome. great choice, Krista. How are you going to rate this thing? Oh, uh, man. Okay, so I'm thinking like seven to seven and a half. Like yeah. uh, really fucking solid, really good. My complaints aren't major and really don't affect my viewing of the movie at all uh, they were just stuff i was looking for to talk about on a podcast there you go man yep. i'm gonna go a little bit higher because i i love stuff dealing with uh you know um christianity religious. and everything yeah, religious uh -huh. horror so i like yeah. that stuff better so i think i'm gonna say like an eight for me i really enjoyed yeah. this in a lot like it's better than a lot of like bona fide superhero movies that have made half yes. a billion dollars Yes, it is by far better than Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> oh my god, dude! Yeah, okay, that was a twenty twenty one fucking shit list movie right oh, there. Oh right, the Snyder cut. Fuck, get out of that here was with terrible. that shit! It yeah. was a better movie than the original Justice League, though. That is true. Woof, man, it was. Woof. <laughs> it's not fun. It's uh, not and as we fun, said, no. this is a this is a Patreon pick. If you want to submit your Patreon pick, you can support us on our Patreon page at the five dollar level. Where can they find mm -hmm. that page? Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on That's over the there. One. We got all sorts of uh fun episodes of TV test pilots and other just uh Patreon exclusive stuff. But if you become a five dollar patron, you get to submit a movie to the smoking bowl, and then we draw randomly from that bowl, and then we cover that movie. And then you listen to it, and you go, oh, boy, that was the movie I wanted to hear about. And then you have a happy, and we high-five. Yeah, and we we all high-five. High-five. That's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys can also help support us by reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Spotify is doing podcast yeah. reviews now. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Head on over there yeah. to Spotify. Get us up to five stars. And uh, then, you know. Uh, some uh, jerk ass will find it and be like two stars I liked it when they talked about the movie but it took them forever to get there <laughs> I'm That's gonna dumb happen. pretty yeah. much pretty much <laughs> so yeah be sure to go in there interview it really does help us out a whole bunch and join us up on our Facebook hangout page it's the only reason to have a Facebook page honestly yep and our discord hangs that you do every week yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Friday nights and Sunday nights, uh, we do, um, uh, on Friday nights we watch a, you know, a, mo a movie on YouTube, so it's usually gonna be something of low quality that looks pretty bad, and we all have fun chatting about it. And then on Sundays we watch something from a streaming service for fun. How's it It's a great time. Join and hang out and have yourself a good old time. And be sure to tune in next week for our first episode of 2022. We are going to be doing a Black Swan. That's right. 
with our pal Grayson Hester. Grayson dang old Hester. He actually came in, uh, I guess, almost two weeks ago now at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we recorded that episode in the middle of December. I think it was just a, a scant day or two before we did our Two Towers it episode, was. right? <laughs> it was. It was. It was a couple days before the Two Towers episode, and it is a blast. Grayson is awesome. Yep. Real fun time. I think you're going to enjoy this episode. Yeah, it's a good one. So be sure to tune in next week and catch that one. Hope everybody out there has a safe and happy New Year's. Uh, definitely stay safe and healthy, y'all. Like I said, I Please. know too fucking many people that have gotten not good sick over the past week or yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, whatever shitty schmoozy New Year's fucking party or whatever you you can go to is not worth no. risking getting and sharing no. fucking coronavirus so just not worth it yeah yeah stay home the drinks are cheaper and there's no mask policy so you know it's true <laughs> maybe you do that and uh, we'll catch you guys next time i've been uncle ben but hollywood steve we've been dead and lovely bye, bye. can you imagine how fucking pissed you'd be if somebody actually did get you everything from the 12 days of christmas oh it'd be a lot of birds it'd be the worst so, so many birds All the fucking birds dude just flying around your fucking house you got two turtle doves you got that partridge bunch of french hens bunch of fucking geese dude if somebody buys you six geese for christmas they hate you listen if somebody sends you 10 lords a leaping to your house that's gonna be a problem who's this for dude can you imagine? Now, the maids are milking. All right, come on over. Yeah. Uh, they'd be bored, though, because I, you know, I don't have any cattle or nothing no, like that. I they'd have be like, zero cows. We're yeah. waiting. We're ready to do some milking. And I'd be like, I can't help you here. You've come to the wrong place. But imagine, dude. You know, you're just trying to clean up all the Christmas wrapping paper and stuff like this. You got these fucking ten assholes, like, literally jumping around the house. Hey, ho, Like, stepping on ornaments and stuff. What a fucking bunch of dicks. And then, meanwhile, you've also got fucking 12 drummers in there <laughs> making all that fucking racket. So you have, like, geese violently biting you. You have 10 men jumping all around the house, a bunch of bored ladies, and also the sound of 12 drummers going at the same time. So it's like being in Guitar Center and around a bunch of lunatics. Have you ever been around 12 drummers at once? Because that sounds like... A recipe for disaster. Intolerable. That would be absolutely They would all be the worst. hitting everything. Oh, my God, dude. Not even to mention the fucking pipers. <laughs> hey, what do you think they're piping on, though? What have they got in them pipes, huh? I had assumed bagpipes, but now that you're shining a light on it, but maybe crack pipes? Crack piping. Mm-hmm. Twelve crack pipers crack piping. I mean, that sounds like less of a gift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think the person who sent you these things fucking hates you (laughs) true love my ass